Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. Did you see the grapple yesterday? The what, Paige? Grapple? Do, do you know what grapple is? There was some of it around yesterday. Not a whole pile in this part of the country, but a lot of it up the country. Grapple. What's grapple? I'll tell you in a minute what grapple is. Or rather, Alan O'Reilly from Carlo Weather will tell us what grapple is as we try to find out whether we're actually going to get some proper schnapta in Cork by the end of the week. It's certainly cold enough out there for it this morning, to be sure, to be sure. Good morning, 1850-715-996 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. Twitter is at opinionline96. And, of course, you can message the Cork's 96FM Facebook page. And please mark your messages for the attention of the opinion line. Also, this morning, I want to know, is there a movie that you go back to all the time. Something that, you know, you just want to pass a couple of hours and put the rest of the world to rights and watch a movie. I don't care what it is, whether it's Harry Potter, The Incredible Hulk, Star Trek, or Mrs. Brown's Boys, or Bridget Jones. What is the movie you keep going back to? What is your comfort movie? With me, it's one of the Star Treks. I'm sorry, it is. It is like, it's just the way I am. Or other Marvels. I love the Marvel hero movies, like the Avengers or some one of those. That's going to come during the morning. Uh, come back to that. But first of all, we need to start this Tuesday morning with a little bit of good news because we don't get a whole pile of it. And last night, the uh, Deputy Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Ronan Glynn, certainly was a bit more upbeat than he's been for a while. We have already passed what is the worst of this disease this year and that we will not have to go back through what we went through in January again. I think there are many reasons to have confidence that that's the case. First and foremost is the performance of the population over the past number of weeks and their willingness to keep going with these measures. On top of that, we have vaccination. We've all done very well, is what he's telling us. We kind of need to keep going for a little while longer, was what Philip Nolan was saying. He's the modelling officer from uh, Maynooth University. The numbers are good, they will get better, but we need to keep going. It's the most important message. If we continue to act as a society for the next three or four weeks, the way we have been acting... Uh, for the last five weeks, then yes, 
uh, if we stick with it, we're still on target for those numbers. That's still a high level of disease, um, but it gives us more options. He was talking about getting to a national daily figure of two to 400 cases. I'll do the Cork numbers in a minute. I didn't do them yesterday. I, I forgot, actually, to do them yesterday. But I was hearing that we were about to get some good news coming. So maybe better off that we held out until today. Uh, medical journalist June Shannon follows the daily briefings and was tweeting about it last evening. Good to hear some, some optimism coming out of it, wasn't it, June? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, it was good. I think people need this. Um, people need to know that what they're doing, which has been very hard, is working um, and that we can see that in the case numbers coming down. Um, it's also very good news that there's now three vaccines available in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Ronan Glynn said, you know, that the weather is getting better, so we may be able to be outside more. Um, we still have to maintain social distancing, but the numbers are going in the right direction. Um, case numbers are decreasing. Now, the case numbers may increase slightly over the coming weeks, and we're not too, too downheartened by that. That's because they, are, they have resumed testing of close contact. Yeah. So as a result of that, I'm sure we will get a, a, an increase in the numbers. But, you know, it is good news. Um, all of the indicators are coming down, which is good. They will, when they start checking close contacts, they will find asymptomatic cases and you could get a little bit of a spike for a week or two. But th- these were always going to be found when they went back checking the close contacts. Exactly, yeah. Resume testing of close contacts will lead to an increased number of cases of asymptomatic disease. You're right, yeah. Um, and particularly, you know, testing close contacts in households. Um, you'll see that. Mm. So, yeah. Where we're, we are with numbers... We're down yep. now. I'm just doing the local ones here, but Cork is is well down in the last month. It's sixteen percent of what it was a month ago. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's that's brilliant, and it's coming down right across the country. So, you know, there was eight hundred twenty nine new cases reported yesterday at, at that um, briefing, um, and sadly, of course, there was six more deaths. Yes. Um, as well, you know, behind all these numbers is a, is a grieving family real people, behind loved real people. Ones and real people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but at least they're going in the right way, and and we're 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 seen to be. You you can't say we've turned the corner, but we certainly are approaching it at this stage. I think so. Yeah, definitely, we're approaching that corner. Um, um, the numbers are da- are coming down. Um, there's still a high level of disease out there. Yeah. That was you know that was mentioned, so we need to be aware of that. Um, but, you know, and as always, you know, journalists were asking that at the briefing about reopening of society comes this March, but they're always very um, reticent to speculate. They never do at those briefings. Um, they did mention, though, that the most important thing for them is reopening non-COVID healthcare and education. Yeah. So you would hope, I, I think all parents around the country want schools to reopen. It's been very hard for all parents trying to work from home and homeschool uh, but once the levels are down safe enough, um, then hopefully we'll be able to reopen the schools in March. Special Again, needs education is due back by the end of this week, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Um, the 11th of February, I think, is the date for... That's right, yeah. Uh, for a certain, and the certain 22nd cohort. for other ones then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's particularly important because we know that children with additional needs have had a very um, difficult time through all of this. All right, listen, uh, good to talk to you, June. He, uh, there are some caveats, I suppose, from yesterday's uh, numbers, particularly like we mentioned earlier, the one that the numbers will go up now slightly because of uh, 
because of them testing the close contacts again. But we are going to face, are we not, the minute you hear the turning of a corner, we're going to face pressure from all kinds of business groups to get themselves open again, aren't they? Yeah, I'm sure that will happen. I mean, the other the other caveat, of course, is the fact that, you know, emerging variants. Yeah. That's something we need to keep in the back of our heads because um, at the moment, so there's, you know, the, the main one is the UK variant, which is now um, the dominant COVID-19 um, in, in Ireland with 75% of cases with that variant. You've also got the Brazilian variant and the South African variant. Now, we don't have any cases of the Brazilian variant in Ireland, mm-hmm. but last night they announced that we have 11 yeah. of the South African, but they're all travel related. So it's not in the community as such. Yeah. Um, so they're they're particularly uh, worried about South Africa because that's the one that may be vaccine resistant. They don't know that yet. That is the, that is the concern. Yeah. Um, you know, but a lot, as with this, we're learning every single we day are. with all of these things. So there's good. an awful lot more to learn. Yeah. All right, June, I'll leave it there. Thank you very much. That's June Shannon, uh, medical journalist, following the daily briefings uh, with Neffert or the weekly briefings with Neffert on Twitter. You can follow her on Twitter, get all the details as they come out. I just said I'd look at the, the COVID numbers for Cork. I didn't do it yesterday. So what we always do is we look back at the two-week figure up to today. So today is the 9th of February. And the 14-day figure for Cork up to today, that's up to last evening, up to the numbers we got last evening, is 1,211, which is 242 cases per 100,000 of us here in Cork, given a population of in or around half a million across Cork City and County. So that's 242 per 100k, which is lower than the national figure, which is 300 and something. Now go back to last Tuesday, which was the second, and we had a 14-day figure of 1,768, which is 353 per 100k. That's a decent drop in a week. But go back to the 9th of January, uh, which that's a month ago. It feels like forever. A month ago. The 9th of January, our 14-day figure in Cork was 7,278 which was 1,455 per 100,000, 7,278. So we've gone down to 16% of that. We've gone down over 80% in two weeks, which is, which is pretty good. Now, the caveat with that was that at that stage, close contacts were overwhelmed, so they weren't testing close contacts back around the start of January. When they start to test the close contacts, again, the numbers will go up. But the pattern is down. Let's go back to before Christmas. This is interesting. The 9th of December, okay, we had 144 was our 14-day figure. So looking at the present rate of decline, if it were to keep going the way it is, we could get back to December numbers in around a month. That's just doing basic maths on the back of a piece of paper with a pen this morning uh, on the models the modelling maths that you use, we could get back down to December numbers in about another month. But let's go back to the summer, because I keep harping back to the summer, and I keep, whenever I hear people saying, oh, we could never do zero, we did. And, And this is very important. We did, in Cork, achieve zero, or close to it, last summer. Like, go back to July the 9th, we had a 14-day figure of 10. 
August the 9th with a 14-day figure of 23. Now, they're small numbers. They are four per 100,000, two per 100,000. June, we had 81 cases, which is 16 per 100,000. They're small numbers. They're small enough to be a drive towards zero. We did have one fortnight in the summer where we had two cases in the whole fortnight. That is zero. To get back to the summer levels, we'd need the present rate of decline to continue until May. So that's roughly where we're going on the maths this morning. But look, it's looking good. It's looking good. Let us not now lose the run of ourselves. I don't want to hear pubs making a case to be opened. I don't want to hear this, that and the other fella making a case to be opened. Because we're nowhere near opening anything just yet. If we open, if we open now or start opening in March too much, we'll be back where we started in the space of a few weeks. 1857-15996. Hi, PJ. My nephew Alex goes to a special school. They're going back this week. I thought it was Thursday, but no, it's Friday. Uh, to be told then the school is off from Monday next until midterm, until of off, for goodness sake, midterm then, of course, is next week. The children going back after months for one day. How confusing is that for them? That's a very good point. Any kids going back in to a special class or a special school this week, so they're only going in for a day because next week is the midterm break anyway. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Welcome along to the programme. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays 10am to 2pm. With Hidden Hearing, tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. Hiddenhearing.ie Corks 96FM Yeah, a few suggestions coming in for movies that people just go to when you need a break or you need just to switch off from the rest of the world. A few of them coming in. We'll do that a bit later on this morning. We won't get the sort of numbers and the sort of success we need when you have idiots like we see on the front page of the Examiner this morning, Michael Clifford writing about two breaches of security at an isolated COVID-19 ward in the South Infirmary during which a woman gained entry and took selfies. Oh, for goodness sake, please. And then we had the news on the Echo read where Chief Superintendent Barry McPolin said there was more than 200 fines issued by Gardaí and Cork over the weekend for breaches of COVID-19 Rules, house parties, bush drink. Who wants to bush drink in this cold? How desperate for a flipping drink would you need to be to be swigging a, a flag and a cider in this cold? Like, you need help. They pick people up around the lock, Black Rock, Carrigaline, people who've been travelling. And as the chief super said, people are dying from COVID and others are seriously ill. Our brave medical staff are putting their lives on the line. The best way we can help is for them to, is, is to stay at home. And he said, and I love this bit, parents have a responsibility to know where their children are. 
Chief Super said there's a responsibility on parents of teenagers to know where their children are, who they're hanging around with, and if they're travelling around to other parts of the city, are they taking part in bush drinking? It's a great concern. €100 fine for travelling beyond your five kilometre now. An indoor gathering, like a house party, €150. Organising it, €500 fine. But 200 people fined in Cork over the weekend, which is not going to get there if we don't stop that kind of old nonsense and that kind of old old palava. 1850-715-996. The um, Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation is appearing, I think, before an Oireachtas Committee this morning uh, looking for special consideration for its members and will basically tell uh, the Oireachtas Committee that its members are knackered, burnt out, wasted, wrecked just destroyed on their feet from having to go through what they've been going through and can't face another one. Mick Barry, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you doing? Good. good. Mick, are you on that committee? No, I'm on the finance committee. Okay, okay. So what is it that you want to do for, for the, our healthcare workers? Well, I want to add my voice to the voice of the uh, Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation who are saying that there should be a special uh, one-off payment for nurses and healthcare workers uh, given the work that they've done for us battling through the pandemic over the last uh, 12 months. Um, there has been a €500 Euro payment made to healthcare workers in Northern Ireland and Scotland. Seems to me to be on the low side. There's been a one-off payment of €1,500 made to nurses and healthcare workers uh, in France. Uh, and I think that that's a very reasonable demand, especially when you consider that the government are after making a decision now to pay the top civil servant in the Department of Health €292,000 per annum. Mm. And at the same time, they're proposing that our nurses get a 1% pay increase this year. Would this one-off payment, would it be taxed? I presume it would. Uh, Well, that would be to be worked out, but I would have no problem with saying that it would be a tax-free payment. Uh, and by I'm, the way, sure, I'm sure you wouldn't, but I, I imagine it would, like, if it was taxed. So if you said 500 euro, given the way the tax system works, you'd probably get about 300 of that at most. Yeah, a little bit more than half, you know. Yeah. Um, the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation put in a claim in November of last year that uh, given the fatigue that is felt by their members. And by the way, there's nearly 25,000 healthcare workers have contracted the virus at this stage. Yeah. Right? That they should be um, uh, given an extra 10 days uh, paid leave this year. My understanding is, and I think Phil Hay will clarify this at the Health Committee this morning, is that they are yet to even receive a reply from the HSE mm. for that. So look, we saw I can see how some paid leave would be of great use to them because they are wrecked. They are, they are asleep on their feet some of the time when we've talked to them here. Like, it's, it, it, they're, they're destroyed physically and mentally from this. A, a bit of paid leave would be great. I mean, just, just handing them a few bob and t- telling them to go back into work the next day isn't really going to help. No, I mean, the government um, in the springtime were all for people coming out on their doorsteps and um, clapping for the nurses and the healthcare workers. Uh, I did it myself, as I'm sure you did, and, you know, lots of ordinary people for the best of reasons. I would do it again Uh, if I was asked. Yeah, but I I think the feeling among nurses and healthcare workers now is, look, we've had the applause, right? 
um, uh, the applause is easy and the applause is 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 cheap in one sense, right? Mm. Uh, what we need is decent pay and decent conditions, and two things that can be done to show that the government and the and and and, and the people are serious about that is to give them the bit of time off mm. and to give them a decent. Uh, one-off payment and something more. Than the problem 1%. is, given uh, the other thing, and much as I'd love them to get more paid time off, who'll do the job while they're off? Because there's a shortage. Yeah, well, we need to recruit more nurses, and we need we need to keep the nurses uh, that are being trained up uh, in the likes of UCC in the country, uh, rather than um, you know having to go to Australia and Canada and the UK. And one way we do that is we make sure that the student nurses are treated well and that the qualified nurses, the fully qualified nurses, have decent pay uh, and decent uh, uh, conditions. Okay. All right, Mick, leave it there. Thank you very much. That's Mick Barry, Solidarity TD for Cork North Central. And you know what? Before people start saying, well, who's going to pay for all this? And they will. And yes, someone will have to pay for it. Absolutely they will. He is right, though, when he says that we have, in the middle of all of this, we have... One civil servant getting a a top-up in his wages of 80 grand. Like, 80 grand is a very good wage. And the top-up to one civil servant's already fat salary is what would be considered a very good wage in anybody's language. So when you can do that for one civil servant, then surely you can look after your nurses in some way, shape, or form. Or, or am I, am I uh, some kind of a clothier digit for thinking that? I've no doubt people would think, I oh, know there's peace now being a lefty again. No! <laughs> I think if he can get 80-odd grand, then surely we can look after our nurses. How many lives has he saved in the last 12 months? Did you see the grapple yesterday? I'm not too sure if we got much of it. There was that kind of stuff. I was driving out last night. Essential journey, I may tell you. I was driving out beyond Mallow last night uh, outside to see my chiropractor to sort out this mess of my neck and shoulders. Thank you for asking and caring. I know you didn't and you didn't, but I'll tell you anyway, because it was an essential journey. And I was heading out to Mallow and this old... Dirty, messy old white stuff was trying to fall, and it was trying so hard to snow, and it wasn't hail, and it wasn't snow. That, I think, was grapple. Alan O'Reilly from Carlow Weather. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Is that what it is? It's not hail, and it's not snow, yet it's white stuff. Yeah, yeah. Snow pellets or soft hail, some people call it, but grapple is the, uh, is the correct term for it. Um, it's it's basically when water droplets freeze around a small snowflake and then kind of form a kind of a rhyme of a rhyming of frost around it. The main difference between that and hail is when you touch it, it kind of disintegrates. It's soft, so yeah. hail is generally hard. And so hail makes noise when it hits the car as well. Exactly, exactly. It's much softer than hail. Exactly. Mm. So where where are we with the snow that we're supposed to be getting this week? Because right now it feels cold enough for snow and there's a horrible damp in the air. Are we going to get snow in Cork, Alan? Well, at the moment, there's a few showers between Cork and Waterford that are blowing in. Um, and depending on the wind direction, there could be a few little showers blowing into some parts of Cork um, throughout today um, as the winds pick up. Now, they probably won't give much of a covering or anything, but you could see 
one or two areas catching a heavy snow shower um, down around Cork later on today. The main, I suppose, threat of snow for, for most of the country, and especially Cork then, is on Thursday. So by Thursday morning, probably by around the time your, your show is starting, um, heavy snow will be moving in from the southwest. We've a band of rain coming up from the southwest and meeting that cold air that's, that's really bitter out there at the moment. And it's going to start turning to snow as soon as it meets that. So as it moves in towards Cork, you're going to have some heavy snow possibly for a time on Thursday. Mm. Um, probably falling, you know, for a lot of Thursday morning at least, as snow in all parts of Cork. But as it progresses further up the country, the, the milder air will try and come in and it could start to turn back to sleet and rain then nearer to the coast, especially nearer to the, the southwest coast of Cork. Mm. Um, but it could hang on for, for quite a while. So you could see some, some decent accumulations of snow in or around most of Cork for a time at least on Thursday. Yeah. And it, it, it then maybe even could hang on in some areas until the end of Thursday and into Friday but it does look likely that it will start to, uh, to turn to rain on Friday in Cork. Yeah, what you've got is, isn't it, you've two weather systems, one coming in with the real cold Siberian air and the other one coming in off the southwest with the, with the rain. And when they meet in the middle, if it's whichever one wins the battle, isn't it? That's it, exactly. Yeah, it's a battleground scenario. So as you say, you have high pressure bringing in, feeding in these bitterly cold winds from uh, Scandinavia coming early across the country. Not quite as cold, not the beast and beast that we saw in 2018, but yeah. still bitterly cold. And then, as you say, you have the Atlantic weather systems push, pushing up against that. And where you end up in the middle then is the battleground where sleet, snow, rain, it's all possible depending on what side of the battle, I suppose, you end up on. And we're all going to be on the cold and snowy side to start Thursday. But by Friday then we could be we could be turning back into the wet. Now the weather models are very uncertain exactly what's going to happen beyond Friday. So I would keep an eye close eye on the weather forecast and I imagine Ian will be issuing further weather warnings for right. Thursday because What about frost as well then the evenings, Alan? If we get frost on top of that it could be very dodgy. You could, yeah, and, and and unfortunately Thursday night, you know, if it does kind of turn um to to sleet and to that, you could get kind of a slushy mess even. Um, now, the, the latest weather models show the temperatures increasing after it. So the chance of frost beyond Friday does look reduced, but the weather models are, are kind of chopping and changing. Like last night, the latest weather models were actually showing plenty more snow for Saturday and Sunday, but now it's a lot of rain. So you could have a very wet weekend ahead, unfortunately. So the, the Valentine's weekend could be a bit of a washout down in Cork, I'm afraid. All right, not not the best of news. It's funny though, isn't it? This time of the year, when you have all these systems, we're kind of at the mercy of what way they meet, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. And and as I say, the weather models really struggle with that as well. So trying to forecast it is very difficult. So you probably have people looking at the weather apps, especially kids, maybe asking, "Is it going to snow?" And you look at the weather app and it'll say, "Yeah, it's going to snow." And then you look at it an hour later and it's changed to rain. And you're going to have that kind of continuation when you get these battleground scenarios and you have these two competing weather systems yeah. trying to take hold. I have a particular favourite. I've been, I think we may have discussed it before. I've been watching it for years. It's called Dark Sky. And it is mm -hmm. predicting a lot of rain at the weekend at this stage. So Yeah, yeah, it's a very good app and that that's taken in the latest weather models which I say uh, as I say overnight they did update to show exactly that. Now they could stop back your your dark sky could up around seven, eight o'clock tonight after the latest weather models update again, it could switch back. 
Yeah. It does look like in Cork, especially the further southwest, is likely to see heavy rain rather over the weekend. All right, listen, leave it there, Alan. Thank you very much. Alan O'Reilly of Carlow Weather. If you watch him on social media, Twitter in particular, he puts up little videos and a great explanation of how the various models and the various weather systems work and what we are at the moment we're stuck between this really freezing cold system coming down over Europe and this rainy wet horrible old damp system coming up they're going to meet and what happens when they meet that's the weather we'll get uh, we're talking about so, some accumulations of snow on Thursday he said that's quite likely um, there could be and uh, he doesn't particularly know what time Thursday but we will get snow almost certainly for Thursday, eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Regard the young fellas bushing and what the chief super said, PJ. Regarding knowing the whereabouts whereabouts of one's children and teenagers, it's quite simple: hurt them where it hurts, and that's in the pocket. Obviously, these children and teenagers are beyond the realm of the law on the grounds of being too young. Blah blah blah. So we're found guilty of antisocial behaviour or non-compliance with COVID lockdown regulations, simply cut their parents' welfare allowances or hit their wages on the off chance that their parents are actually working, says Andrew. Slight bias there, Andrew, but I do get your point. I mean, if your 14 or 15-year-olds are out bush drinking or 16-year-olds out bush drinking around the lock, there's not much you can do with them because they're underage. But do the parents. Hit the parents in the pocket. 1850 Here's one. Uh, Michal Martin should resign now. Okay. I was listening to a news show this morning. They were talking about the cost of the lockdown. His Christmas stunt cost the country billions. What would he say if one of his ministers or some group in society cost the country billions? The army should be fully mobilised for vaccines, for security and for logistics. This is a national emergency. Nothing will reopen now because people will just give up. This is not to say there should not be a lockdown now, but the problem is business people just don't see competence and they cannot plan. Yeah, well, I mentioned that interview yesterday in the Mail on Sunday where Michal Martin admitted that they got it wrong before Christmas. He admitted what we already knew and he admitted that they did what they were told not to do. They were told not to open the pubs. They were told, look, let people see their families and go to houses within reason or open the pub. You can't do both. And that's what happened. They opened the pubs and look what we got. Look what we got. And I will not hear any more of this now rubbish about there's no infections out of pubs. You know that story. We've done that science. 1850-715-996. We're still looking for what your your movie is, your go-to movie. Because some nice ones coming in, actually. And I think, actually, lads, I might expand it a little bit to television. Uh, is it a movie or a television show that you always go back to? Like Dirty Dancing says Claire. Has to be Dirty Dancing for me. Brian says Planes, Trains and Automobiles. That's a great film. That's a fabulous film. Terry, my go-to movie is Bridge of Spies. Next one. Dinner Ladies is my go-to show. Oh, yeah. Dinner Ladies. Now, wasn't she just a genius? Wasn't she a genius? She wrote it all. She starred in it. She produced it. Dinner Ladies, Victoria Wood was always spot on. Trading Places, what a film, says Pat. And someone else says The Italian Job. So let's have your go-to movie or your go-to television show. When it all gets on top of you, what movie or television show 
do you want to go to? That's coming. 1850-715996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Let me show you what it's all about. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. It's the show that's here to race you through your afternoon with the biggest tunes. Brilliant competitions and giveaways. Thank you so much, Simon. You legend. I've got all the crack in cork, breaking news, and what's trending on the socials. It's everything you need to help you through your day. Let me show you what it's all about. Check it out. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. On Cork's 96 FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. Kate had some pictures up last evening of some adorable little puppies. It looked like there was about 20 of them there, Kate, but they're only six. Isn't that right? Good morning. Uh, yeah, only six. Yes, only six. That's all. Plus plus the other three dogs that live with us. So, yeah, it's been a busy busy few months. Yeah, and these are all little puppies that you've bred off your own dog, Jasmine, for dogs for the disabled. Tell me more. Yeah, dogs for the disabled. They're, they're a cult-based charity and they provide dogs for children and young adults with physical disabilities such as spina bifida and cerebral palsy. Stability issues where a dog would probably help them work, walk, keep them out of a chair and on a frame. Um, so we, we've been involved with the charity for five or six years. We've fostered dogs for them that have gone on to live with smashing young children. And then we they gave us Jasmine, who's part of our breeding programme. So we were really lucky that last year she was picked to have pups for them. And on December the 1st, we welcomed Neville and Nancy and Nolik and Niall and Noddy and Professor Neil Green hang on, into the hang world. On, hang on, N, 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 N. Was there a reason for that? Yeah, it's the end letter. In the assistance dog world, um, you have a letter. So all the dogs have to be named from the same letter, which can lead to some of the letters, as you can imagine, can lead to real challenges. So we've got some dogs with fairly strange names along the way. Um, so we were lucky that so we named, they're all the ends, but actually Nolig was very specially named by little Oliver Lynch from Ballincollig, you know, the young guy who did all the walking. Yes. Stuff. Yeah, he came before, we were lucky before things shut down completely. He came to meet the dogs and him and his brother Reuben and sister Quiva, they named one of the dogs, so they named her Nullick. So I have a special little grower in my heart for her. So that mm. was lovely. Is, is it hard to part with them, Kate? Yes, <laughs> it is, but... Yeah, it is. It's a very quiet house now this morning. This this ton of egg cartons still all over the floor because I actually don't want to pick them up yet. Um, egg cartons? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're just they're like shredding egg cartons. I actually put a post up last night just asking if anyone wanted to come over and pee on my floor and <laughs> shred a few egg cartons just, <laughs> just to pass the time. Um, but no, the, it is. But then you look at, at the likes of um, Oliver, who, who walked... 100 metres that took him 45 minutes and did it day after day after day. And it's children like him that these dogs are going to be paired with. So 
it's, it's just a no contest, isn't it? Mm. So, so you've got them now, you've had 10 weeks with them, and then they yes. go where then? For how long? Okay, they've gone, they've gone back to Jennifer, who runs Dogs for the Disabled, and she'll assess them for a week or two, because they've all got really, really different personalities. So she might see one that's going to be a really steady stability dog. Um, she might see one that's going to be a really good task dog. We have dogs that live with children who are in wheelchairs. Um, one of the dogs we fostered before lives with Noah in Middleton, knows just back out of Crumlin after another operation. Um, and what Ivy does for him is she will take off his shoes and socks. There are little pulls on his door handles at home so she can open the doors for him. Yeah. If he drops a remote control, um, she can pick that up for him. So we have task dogs and stability dogs, and then some of the dogs are therapy dogs. Yeah. So she'll know, she'll, Jennifer's a dog whisperer, and she'll know from meeting them this week, um, she'll have a fairly good idea of what their destiny is going to be. I met a man here in studio one time when we could do that, copy with the day. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> brought his days. dog with him. And the dog would put the laundry in the washing machine for That's him. That's right. That's one of our dogs, yeah. And they do, they, and they, they do, they do all the practical stuff, which is lovely. And then the, the other side of the charity, which I think is just beautiful, when, when you're different, if you've got any difference or disability, it can be very isolating. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, like we're all in lockdown. I think actually a lot of the families that the dogs were disabled engaged with have been isolated for years and always will be. Yeah. So what the dog does, and I see it now when you're out socialising the puppies, everyone comes over to you. Um, and whilst people are very respectful of obviously not interrupting a working dog, it starts a conversation. So it's, oh, that's a lovely dog. What's your dog's name? So they draw people towards you rather than your disability or your difference, pushing people away. And I think that's huge because you can live without a lot, but you can't live without love. Mm. Yeah, the, tra- the, for these children. the training is fascinating. I, I was out there once or twice with, with Jenny over the years, mm. just watching the training and when they had the puppies ready and all that. Like, there's some, there's a bond, isn't there, Kate, between yeah. dog and human that no oh, science can ever understand? I just don't, I, I'm in awe of her, I really am. Uh, but you're right, the spark, the, there's a spark there and you see it. It's like, it's it's like, it, it, oh, it, it's love. It's love in its purest form. You see the dogs be introduced to the children. And as Jenny said, you know, everything else can be right. But if the spark's not there, it's not going to work. I suppose like in all our interactions. But you see this instant frisson of love between the dogs and the children. And it, it, it's joyous. It's just fantastic. Mm. And who does the training then? Jennifer, and she has another trainer there. Um, she is so hands-on. I mean, she she took uh, these pups yesterday back to to her home where she'll keep them. She's got another litter there um, that are going out. They're going out this week, a litter of, of chocolate labs. She had nine puppies born last weekend that somebody else is now um, getting to the stage that we got the, the ends to. And um, she does all that. Don't ask me how. There must be three or four of her, I think. So she will. She does all the training. She has one other trainer, um, but she just has a, a like. A, she has a magic. She has a magic in the way she deals with dogs and with with such precious and special young children. Mm. Um, and she takes no nonsense. She's just brilliant. So Jenny does most of the training, and all the dogs will be custom trained because obviously the people on our waiting list, their needs are very diverse because they're what they're dealing with is diverse. So she'll look at you when you come in. She'll just know. She just knows which dog is right for you. And, and that dog will then be custom trained. So from now until they're about 18 or 20 months old, they'll just spend their time living with really lovely, 
can if you do this. Who will take out a cause? God knows if you're restaurants up again to restaurants, pubs and hotels and trains and lifts and everything they're going to need to do because a lot of adults go to school. Um, and they will be with their partners all day, every day, so they need to be okay with everything. And then when they come in at 18 and 20 months old, Jenny will custom train them for the person that's waiting for them. So it's oh. just, it's, it's an alchemy. It's, I can't describe it. It's and, and the costs involved are colossal. So it's all fundraising, isn't it? It's all fundraising. And another reason why I'm so committed to this charity is that the families that receive our dogs aren't asked to fundraise. They're not asked to, to give one penny because they have enough on their plates. Oh, it's all free for the families? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Wow. And, yeah, and that's another reason that, that we're all, you know, we talk about all being a family, like you've the 96 of family and that, but dogs would say, but it really is a family. And, um, and, and normally I hate those tricisms, but, you know, we, those of us who can fundraise for those who can't because, you know, for a lot of the, the people, their appointments all day, they're in and out of hospital, they're in and out to an able island. And everybody they know is in the same sphere because we all tend to mix, I suppose, with people who are in the same kind of stage of life as us. So they can't even go to their, their friends for fundraising because their friends are all in the same boat too. So when they receive a dog, the dog always remains the property of dogs for disabled because she, she will always stay with the partnership. If ever there's a problem, like our children go into hospital, she'll get a phone call. Poor little little Johnny has gone into hospital and she'll take the dog and it'll come to live with one of us until the child is well enough. Um, mm-hmm. So from, from the cradle to the grave, she looks after the dogs and the children and mm-hmm. no money exchange hands and that's very wow. important. Wow. And what's mm-hmm. the working life of, of the dog then, Kate? They retire on their 10th birthday. Um, there's a chap, I think you've had him on, Tom Clonan. Yes. Yeah, and he has a son, Owen, who's got profound physical disabilities. Owen's lovely. And actually, Tom's one of the reasons, when I first started with his charity, he said, um, I was reading a newspaper article, and in it, in it Owen said, when I am, but the dog is with me, my wheelchair becomes invisible. And he, that just stopped me in my tracks. So Tom had, Owen had Duke. Um, he's had him for years and years, and Duke got to his 10th birthday, and he retired and like that, straight away then on, on the, the next day, there was a new dog had been trained in the interim to, to take over Duke's duties. And then you have the choice of the family, either Duke can go and live out his life or in the case and Owen, they've kept Duke. Owen now has two he has. He's retired one and Tom said, Duke now sleeps um, on the floor. He, he seemed to know when the dog came in, the dog sleeps on the bed uh, that line, that line is going to is going to go on, Kate. Unfortunately, yeah. So, if anybody wants to help with the work of Dogs for the Disabled, how could they do it? You can find Dogs for the Disabled um, online. They're based in Toka in the old uh, Abbeville Veterinary Centre. So you can you'll find all the details on www.dogsforthedisabled.ie. You can follow them on Facebook, Dogs for the Disabled or The Life of Ivy, and again on Instagram. And if you want to help fundraise, if you want to help um, socialise, if you feel that you could benefit from one of the dogs, just get in touch and if Jennifer can do anything for you, she will. Excellent. Kate, I know you're not just involved in this, but many, many other things, and we've talked on the show about many of your endeavours over the years, but um, when you have an hour to yourself and it's all getting on top of you a little bit. Is there a television show or a movie that you go to for a bit of Don't. solace? 
the Jungle Book, the Jungle Book, and because when the kids were small and we had tapes, do you remember tapes? Yeah. I think we went through oh, multiple, double figures because they watched it again and again and again and again. <laughs> and do you know what? Just the memory of that, all oh, those wet cold Sunday afternoons when when you'd sit with the kids and, and the, the, the coal effect gas fire was on and you know what they were just such innocent times and lovely times and you know I think any movie that can take you back to that is a good movie isn't it? Isn't it just isn't it just Kate thank you very much and continue your great work with dogs for the disabled 1850 715 996 I am coming to the end of my patience with telephone lines nothing to do within here it's out the bloody phone lines out on to God, given the amount of money people pay for their phones, phone lines just getting beyond redemption at this stage. 1850-715-996. Kelly's Heroes. Are you being served? Last of the summer wine, says Khan in Middleton. Ah, last of the summer wine. Great, lads. Great, great, great. The Big Bang Theory, says Tony in the Crawford Art Gallery. The Sixth Sense. Great movie. Last of the Summer Wine. For me, it's got to be Star Trek or Harry Potter or The Martian. Oh, The Martian. Yeah, that was brilliant. Or Independence Day. Shawshank Redemption. Bit heavy, but a good movie. You can really get wrapped up in it. Oh, Margaret. Oh, there's a classic. There's a classic. Bowfinger. Yes. Coming to America. Love the part where the brothers from Trading Places... You see the brothers... Yeah. Trading Places... Mira says, my movies are Love Actually, Only You and Pretty Woman. Trina loves Star Trek, The Next Generation. There's loads of them coming in. If there's, we're going to do this a bit more for the morning. If there's a television show or a movie that you go back to when you've just had it with the pandemic and you've had it with the numbers and you've had it with the kids and you've had it with lockdown and you've had it with school and you've just had it, period, had it. Is there a television show or a movie that you just bury yourself in for a couple of hours? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. Lots of people telling us about their favourite television shows or their favourite movies. I decided to expand it to television shows. I don't know about you. I Some people are, are different, but that can watch the same movie over and over and over again. I can't do that. I just can't. There's only a handful of movies I've ever watched more than twice. I, I just can't, like, for some strange reason. It's like watching Titanic and expecting the end to be different. It just doesn't, doesn't work for me. But television shows, I can I can do that with. A Good Year with Russell Crowe. The American President with Michael Douglas as a functioning POTUS. Yeah, or The West Wing. Now, you can watch The West Wing all day and all night. Dave with Kevin Klein as a decent moral politician. You see, that's just science fiction. All feel-good movies. Anything by Laurel and Hardy. Oh, weren't they great? Weren't they great? Stan and Ollie is just a wonderful, wonderful little movie. That You'll find that on any one of the platforms. My Girl, says Claire. Mamma Mia! I love the films. And now that you mention it, Casa... You see, there's another vote for... For Casablanca, 1850-715-996, the number, the text to WhatsApp, 083-396-9696, email opinion at 96fm.ie, Twitter at opinionline96. If you missed anything in our first hour, remember we put our podcast up early to mid-afternoon. We'd tweet the link first, 
as soon as it's ready uh, it goes out on our Twitter and then it goes up to all your various platforms including the Cork's 96FM app uh, and if you're following our podcast there on the app it'll be updated for you uh, every day as the new one is ready 1850 here's a lovely idea for nursing home residents for uh, Valentine's Day Sally you started this I, I with your own daughter in mind but but obviously, Sally, it's, 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 it's turned into more than just that now. Good morning to you. Is she there? Hello? Hi, Sally. I can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you started this with Jessica <laughs> and mine, but it's it spread. Uh, it's after escalating completely. I just actually put a post on my page saying that um, if anybody knew anybody in a care home, that uh, they could send something in, um, to them, uh, like a card or a picture... Yeah. And um, anything at all, just to brighten up their day. And if anybody wanted to send or just a card or a message, you know, it will, you know, she'd be delighted because yeah. she just loves Valentine's Day. Tell me a little, tell me a little bit about Jessica. She, she's she's very young to be in a, in in a unit, isn't she? Ah, uh, yeah. But where she is, they actually have a care unit for uh, younger people. Right. So she's a rare neurological disease, which means she needs twenty-four hour um, specialist care. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, but you know, she's in great hands. She's very lucky. She's one of the lucky ones. You know where she is. They're absolutely brilliant for her. You know, so we can't complain there. The only thing we would complain about actually is the lockdown. So, yeah. You know, even though um, it's keeping them safe, you know, it, physically, you know, mentally, you know, it, it's not. Doing any good to yeah. any of them, you know. When did, when did you see her last? The, the last time we were allowed to see her was um, I got one indoor visit on Christmas Day for an hour. Right. And um, I was lucky to get that, you know. And um, my husband, um, he got um, a visit on Christmas Eve. But I got one hour of Christmas Day and my husband actually had to stay in the car in the, in the car park, which is ridiculous, ridiculous because we were actually in the same bubble. Yeah, You couldn't you both know? go in to see her Christmas Day. That must have been hard. Oh, it's very hard, you know, but you have to try and make the most. I was just glad to be able to get into her, being honest, you know. Yeah. Because uh, I know a lot of people couldn't visit uh, their loved ones Christmas Day. So I was, uh, I was one of the lucky ones. Yeah. And before so, that, when had it been that you actually got to see her? Um, well, we had outdoor visits, and in the summer of 2020, they, you know, the restrictions were kind of starting to go down, you know, when the numbers went down. Mm. So I think um, in level two, we were allowed to bring her for a walk, which, again, we were the lucky ones, yeah. you know. But uh, the only thing is, like, uh, it was only uh, two of us allowed to bring her out, so um, her fam- the rest of the f- her family hasn't seen her since last March. No, um, she would have been constant communication with her nephews and her niece. Mm. And they were like her own kids, really, you know. They were there since they were babies and they'd be out for every day. Yeah. And they, they're they finding it very hard as well because they haven't seen us since last March, you yeah. know. So they're not even allowed a window visit because to be under 16, you're not allowed on the premises. Yeah, that that's that that's hard going. So where did the idea from the... Um but yeah, what I mean, what's a wind? Describe a window visit to me. A, like? a window visit um, would be where the resident is on their mobile phone, looking out the window at their families. 
No, it is very, very hard for people that have loved ones, you know, on upper floors, you know. And any good nursing homes like the one Jessica's in, she, as I said, she's very lucky. They would bring them downstairs to, you know, to look out. And they would open the window a small bit. Now, the thing with Jessica is she can't communicate, so she can't speak on a phone. I see. Now, she's on the ground floor, and lucky enough, she has a door onto um, a kind of a little porch area she has. Well, her windows are smoke, so she can't. We can't see into her. So yeah. the windows only open about half an inch. Right. So um, we got chatting to the the people in charge of the care home. Anyway, they did a risk assessment, and um, within the guidelines, they left the door open. They kept Jessica in her room. We stayed out in the porch two meters back, yeah. sitting on chairs, you know, with. Um, masks on us and we were able to kind of communicate that way because with Jessica you'd have to kind of face-to-face interaction with her. understand, yeah. You know, so like, you know, we'd, we'd have an old chopper then and whatever, you know, even though it would be great if they had heated pods and something because it was getting cold. I know. And, and how often <laughs> would you have seen her, Sally, before all this started? Oh gosh, you know, we were constant visitors out there. It would be um, nearly every day, every second day, you know, depending, you know, there was, there was always someone calling to her, you know. So, you know, it was like home away from home. It was like a second home, really, you know. Yeah. So, uh, like, it's only 10 minutes drive from where we are. So it was basically like having her home, really. Yeah. She was so close. Yeah. Yeah, you that know? must be a hard, hard to have to deal with that change then for the last 12 okay, months. It's, it's extremely hard, you know. And as I said, like, we're blessed. We're one of the lucky ones because... There's others, they had, uh, have nothing since last March. Yeah. And yeah. I said, the, the government, you know, I know they're trying to keep them physically safe, but they have to think of people's mental health and the residents' mental health as well, you know. They're going to, you know, it's tormenting being kept away from families like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they have to, like, especially if we're going to go into another year by the time everybody is vaccinated. Yeah. You know, will she be? Will she be on a priority list for a vaccine? I mean, she, seeing as she's young, you know. Yeah, she actually. Yeah, she's been in the care home and in the in the surroundings. You know, she already had her first her first vaccine. Oh, brilliant! You know, so she's due to get the second one. Is either this week or next week? No, I'm not sure. And all the staff have been vaccinated as well. Brilliant. So, so, so will that make it easier to see her then? Do you think? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, I was, I rang there now yesterday and. Um, they had an outbreak of COVID, but they kept her on the control straight away and, you know, no one came to any harm. Well, thanks be to God, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. Um, they really got on top of it and it's out of the building now. Right. So they're kind of being cautious at the moment. Yeah. So they were saying that they're um, going to discuss we're having window visits again on the 20th. Good. I, I guess as well when people have had their shots, it'll take a little bit of a time for their bodies I, to build yeah, up the resistance and all that. I think it's actually two weeks or something like that for to build up um, some sort of immunity to the COVID, you know, yeah, and I suppose to get variants then. Yeah, you know, I know, I know. So. We just have to see how it goes. Come back to the Valentine's Day idea, ah, though. Where, yeah, where yeah. did it come from? <laughs> well, actually, I, it was myself and my daughter. We were thinking, what could we do for, you know, for Valentine's Day? Because I said even when she was younger, she loved Valentine's Day. Even her teachers in primary school used to wait for to come to see what she used to bring into her latest crush. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she lo- absolutely loved it. But um, 
we were saying, what could we do? So her sister was actually getting a special present made for her. And I was saying, what if we got photographs and you know, put them on a poster and send them out for you know? So and then I was sitting down and I was saying, look, I said, I'll put a post. I, you know, I'm just thinking about the people in the care homes as well. So I put a post anyway up on my Facebook page saying, you know, as I said before, you know, if anybody knows anybody in a care home, send them a card or a message. And if anybody wants to send or just a message mm. or a card, you know, here's <clears throat> the contact details. Yeah. So Looks like she might, be get, she might get about 100 cards at this stage. <laughs> be... Her home will be plastered, I'd say. Yeah. So we'll get them to pin them all up her face. She does come, you know, to give her something new to look at. Brilliant. And, she, you, know, in, you, know, it's, you know, keep her mind a bit occupied and bring a bit of cheer. A joy, her, a bit of know? cheer. A bit of joy, a bit of joy, you know. So she loves the attention as well, so... Yeah. <laughs> yes, it reminds her that she's not forgotten, you know. That's it. It reminds her that she's not forgotten and she's still, she still loved, you know, because when you're isolated from your loved ones, you know, it's, you know, you get to, you know, it's just as we're all suffering with, say, this lockdown, you know, and we can get out in the boat, you know, we're able-bodied and mm. we can go for a walk, but they're stuck in constantly and, and we're just gazing, you know, Mm. They're all kind of a younger age group and they're feeling it because they're not seeing their families either, you know. Yeah. And I would say it would be great if like, they got cards as well and, you know, even the older people, you know, everyone wants a bit of love in their life. Indeed, indeed, yes. <laughs> I think it's, a, it's a brilliant idea. You are very, very positive, Sally. Is it is it hard to stay so positive sometimes? It is. It is sometimes, you know, but, it, you know... Ugh. I have to, you know, I have to for her, I have to for my family, you know, and if I wasn't, you know, I could go absolutely crazy, I'd say, especially, especially as they said with this lockdown, you know, yeah. because you feel so helpless. At least when there was no lockdown, you know, I was out there, you know, most days or, you know, and doing things for, you know, her washing and things like that, and feeling useful and doing something, you know. But with this lockdown, you're feeling so helpless, and you, you know she cries. You know, like I could tell by Jessica's face that it's, you know when she's in pain. Yeah. And I could tell the nurses, especially nurses that might be used to her. You know, like the other some nurses now would know what I'm on about. You know, but you know in the lockdown they they might be short staffed, and the nurses coming in from agencies. Yeah. Where they wouldn't be aware of probably, you know, by looking at her face what she needs. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just going to move through eyes. I can kind of tell yeah. what's up for her, if you know what I mean, you know? I know. I sure. Mum mom can always tell when no one else can. Yeah, mum can always tell when someone's playing up as well. <laughs> well, that's, that's between, yeah, yeah I know, I know. <laughs> you know. Even though she's in a care home, she still can do that, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take the devil mill out of you, like. <laughs> oh, not at all, not at all. But uh, look, we have to have the sense of humor about things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If anybody so, wants to send a card, where can they send it? Uh, they can send it to um, um, Jessica Crowley or any other resident in, in Farnley Nursing Care Unit. I get an address wrong. So Jessica Look, Crowley we'll organise that. Unit. We'll sort the address out, right? Yeah, and yeah. we'll, we'll it's, give it's it out. And if anyone wants to do that. Nursing Care Home. All right. All right. Listen, so, we'll, 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 and, we'll start the address. And for all the residents as well, because I know everyone would love to get a card, you know? So. All right. Well, listen. All all the best to 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 um to Jessica and to yourself and the rest of the family. It's a tough it's a tough old time, but you know what? Here's hoping that once the vaccine takes hold now mm-hmm. and she's good and you know immune, yeah. 
that you'd be able to get back in to see her again properly, do you know? Yeah. Listen, uh, thank you for taking my call and uh, highlighting it's people like yourself, Sally, are the real heroes. You know that, don't oh, you? Oh, not at all. Far from it. I'd like to say a, a big shout out and a thank you to Don O'Sullivan and uh, all the people involved with Impact. Um, Great people. Our community, you know, they, it's, they took on the campaign, you know. Good, good. And uh, they're really after highlighting it in the area and everybody's getting involved. And good. I'm so grateful for the help. You know, and um, the support he has given as well, you know, and the group. Top people, they've been there since the very start of this, doing stuff for people all oh, over the place. They're absolutely brilliant. They've organised, you know, phones for care homes yeah. to, to be in contact with their families. Yeah. So they're absolutely brilliant when it comes to the community spirits, you know. Legends, a lot of them. Listen, thank you very much, Sally, and our best to Jessica and to all the family. That's Sally Crowley. The address, if you want to write to them, or even you don't even need to need to put Jessica's name on it, but it's Jessica Crowley, Cedar Unit, Farron Lee, that's F-A-R-R-A-N-L-E-A, Community Nursing Unit, Farron Lee Road, Cork, or any other nursing or care facility that you'd like to send a card to. Just send a message for Valentine's Day to people who otherwise might not get one, I guess. Jessica Crowley, Cedar Unit, Farron Lee Community Nursing Unit Farron Lee Road Cork or indeed as I say any other nursing home you might want to send a message to you've got a couple of days 1850 715 996 here on Cork's 96 FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now 083 396 96 96. On Cork's 96 FM. Been asking you since we started this morning, you know, movies, television shows that, that you go to when you just want a break. A break from lockdown, a break from numbers, a break from anything. What is their movie or television show that you go to? And, you know, you were thinking with a load of happy, clappy stuff coming in, but it's not. Number Mangella watches Misery over and over again. It's a great movie, but it's hardly a, a feel-good. Moonstruck. Ah, yeah, it's a great movie. Now, with, uh, with Cher in that one, Moonstruck. This is Helen... Deborah, The Green Mile, great film. What a great film, Green Mile. My favourite movie for the scenery is Ryan's Daughter. This is Jerry Mallow. Uh, for feeling good, any of the Bridget Joneses is. Uh, the Great Race. And for historical romance, The Other Boleyn Girl. Or Boleyn Girl. Never heard of that one. My favourite movie ever, though, Schindler's List. Thank you. Bit heavy, isn't it? Schindler's List, just for... Lightning the mood. Faulty Towers. I was wondering when it would start to come in. Great, great show. You couldn't make Faulty Towers these days. You wouldn't be let make Faulty Towers these days. Same with Are You Been Served. You wouldn't be let make Are You Been Served these days. Zoolander. Remind me again, Fiona, what Zoolander is about. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How's it going? 
Uh, Zoolander, it's just a great escape as a movie, but it's about um, uh, the world's most famous male supermodel. And uh, he's got a big, a big dark secret in that he's not an ambi-turner. He can't turn left on the catwalk. And uh, ah, it's just lovely. It's just what? a really light-hearted Because it sounds like an outer space type thing. No, no. <laughs> Did you never see it, PJ? Never no? seen it, no, no. Oh, PJ, you're in for a treat. You're in for a treat. You'll have to sit down now and watch that. So um, it's a model who can't turn left. A male supermodel, Derek Zoolander, played by Ben Stiller. Right. And uh, he's, you know, he, he's famous. I suppose he becomes famous in the movie um, in the for his um, his look, Blue Steel. All right. Do you remember that? Yes. There was loads of references to that, yeah. Like you're l- looking at the camera, giving your smile, and you do your Blue Steel. <laughs> But um, his big thing was, uh, the, the, the main reason why it resonates with me hugely, TJ, and I'd love to put um, a question out to your listeners as well. When Back in the day when I was a young gal in school in the 90s, mm. we did um, fashion shows, school fashion shows in transition year. Yeah. And I know a few schools did it with a crowd called Profile Model Agency. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? I remember Profile, yeah. yeah. Do you remember Ed Jordan? Jordan. Oh, Ed Jordan. Ed Jordan. Yeah. I remember Ed yeah. Jordan, yeah. Do you, yeah. Know, do you remember whatever happened to him? No idea. No, no idea. idea. I yeah. remember bumping into Ed because with the fashion shows, there'd be a, doing music for fashion shows and DJing around the place. I, give, I used to bump into Ed from time to time. This is it. So I, I actually Googled him after watching an, a Zoolander once at one stage and I couldn't find him online at all. Right. So it's kind of a mystery there. But the thing about Ed Jordan, when he was teaching us how to do our little walk on the catwalk, uh, was that we weren't allowed to turn left. And so when Zoolander came out and he wasn't an ambi-turner, he could only turn right. I just thought it was really funny. An ambi-turner? Yeah. <laughs> Someone who can turn the... T- oh, right, okay. That he could only turn right when he was on the catwalk as opposed to being able to turn left as well. Right. But when, when Ed Jordan was training us, we weren't allowed to turn left. So I'd, I'd love to put out um, uh, a, a request to see if anyone else remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> the name rings a bell, though, Ed Jordan, yeah. Does it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, uh, and he was great. Like, he went around to all the schools, um, teaching all the girls, well, all the boys as well. Like, but every girl went through transition year, came out the other end with an amazing walk and a little... Right. You know, new house afterwards and stuff. And, yeah, and, and yeah. here's me thinking when I saw it under your name on the screen, I said she's into some queer thing from the Martians now or something. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I tell you, it's a fantastic light-hearted movie. Uh, Mugatu then is played by uh, Will Ferrell. All right. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you love Anchorman now and stuff like that, PJ, don't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anything with Will Ferrell in it, I think, has a, a comedic stamp of approval, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, Jim, Jim yeah. Carrey, I like Jim Carrey as well, the man of a thousand faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey. I, I, he's not in that now, but... No, yeah, no, he's, no, no. He's fantastic. They tend, they tend to get discussed together, you know. I, yeah, yeah um, Paul Hunter, whom I remember well, and our Fergal did music yeah. for Ed Jordan a lot. Oh, uh, right. Very nice yeah. guy. He, he was from Limerick originally. So, with, from yeah, we think he may have gone accent. back there. Yeah, he was a nice yeah. fellow. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's interesting. It's just, you know, for somebody of literally a high profile like Ed Jordan, there's nothing about him on Google or anything. I, I, you know, I I haven't done like extensive research, but just interesting that, you know, he went from kind of like very high profile, I keep using the words, to gone. Altogether, really. Uh, maybe maybe he's maybe he saw sense and chose another business. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona, going to leave it. Thanks very much. That's I never I never saw Zoolander, and when I saw the name of it, I thought that's some queer space movie now or other. But no, it's about modelling. So it is. Thanks, Fiona. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Anne says imitation of life. You'd be surprised. It's real weepy. Gets to everyone. Uh, also, Glamity Jane, great sing-along, and many of us did. You mean Calamity Jane, not Glamity Jane, that's Mary Jane. Calamity Jane, oh, brilliant. What a brilliant, brilliant film. That's one now that turns up around Christmas time of an afternoon when it is dull and dreary and in there between Christmas and New Year, the laziest couple of days of the year. And, and Calamity Jane comes on. Who was it? Oh, God, his name's gone into me. Great film. Great film. I'm laughing at Magella, though. Best film is Misery. It's brilliant, like, but really? 1850-715-996. December the 2nd, 2005. It's probably the reason you have so many people. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. People voting for Casablanca. Here, listen, every day is a school day in this game. Anne says that was the day they closed the Capital Cineplex. And one of the last movies they showed for old time's sake was Casablanca. I love it. I love it. 1850-715-996. People asking me what I watch. I love medical dramas. I've been recommending this one actually for a while. I found it quite by accident before Christmas on... Netflix. I love the way Netflix, you watch something on Netflix and it throws you up something else and it knows me too well. It threw me up a show called The Night Shift, which is a medical drama about a bunch of army vets who work in a real rough house emergency department. 
and it stars an Irish guy, um, Owen Cashel, Cashel, and he plays the lead part of of T.J. Callahan, and it's just the maddest. The maddest, craziest bugger you've ever seen on a medical show. It's great. Four series of it um, on on Netflix. Um, that was my go-to for weeks and weeks over the Christmas. Eighteen fifty-seven one five nine nine six. M says, "Yep, Zoolander, hysterical." Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson are in it. I must dig that one out. I really must dig that out. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Keep your ideas coming in for this. Oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six. Today is Safer Internet Day. Uh, it's the eighteenth year of it, where everyone tries to get together for a, a safer internet. There are those who would say, "What is mankind's greatest invention since the wheel?" And you would say the internet. Then you would say, "What is when is man's most dangerous?" Invention since the wheel. The internet. It's the best and the worst invention of all time. And for 18 years, the Safer Insert Internet Day has been trying to draw attention to how important it is for all of us, but particularly younger people, to stay safe online. And in conjunction with that comes out a report, I read it in The Independent today, social media use by underage children has surged during the lockdown. They're going on all the different platforms. They're fiddling the age restriction because the age restriction just isn't properly imposed anyway. I want to discuss Safer Internet Day and in particular how we keep our kids safe on social media in these times when they're spending more time on it than ever before. So it's on this very day, Safer Internet Day, that the story appears in The Independent that social media use by underage children has surged during lockdown. This is according to an annual survey. More 8 to 12-year-olds than ever are using social media apps. They're not supposed to be. The minimum age restrictions are supposed to be at 13, but there's loads of 8 to 12-year-olds on them. TikTok being, I think, about the favourite one. It's just part of the problem of people being too young on the internet and doing getting into stuff that they could get in trouble in and can't get out of. And it's a worry for the rest of us around them, parents and, and all that. Avril Ronan is Global Programme Manager for Internet Safety at Trend Micro. Avril, good morning to you. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good, good. Trying to keep them safe on, on the internet. It is a nightmare these days. The struggle is real, PJ. I'm a parent myself with two kids, 10 and 14, and the struggle is real, and I'm not the only one, obviously. Yeah. Like, just take that story that's in the newspapers today. Like, TikTok, hugely popular with 10 and 12-year-olds. Now, I like TikTok, but it's not a children's space. Okay. So TikTok's a good example, isn't it? Mm. If you look back at 2018, they had 680 million people on TikTok and if you look at them now you're looking at almost a billion users of TikTok on a monthly basis so that's phenomenal (laughs) you know that's huge Um, my own kids uh, one of them, one doesn't even want a phone the elder one um, and the other wants everything and uh, and I think that's quite common in most houses around the country Um, and if you look at TikTok in particular okay, um, and, and I suppose first of all if we start on, you know I mean Irrespective of pandemic, 
you know, we yes, we are all online more and we're all doing a lot more online. It's not just kids on TikTok. We're all using it a lot more for so many things. And the bottom line is children still need guidance, you know. Mm. The risks are still there. They would always be there, but so are the benefits. And we cannot forget that. So um, it's our priority as parents to decide what to do. Now, yes, it's our responsibility. So as parents, we can decide not to give them any device. But you can see from statistics, over 90% of 8 to 12-year-olds have a device of their own that they own. Um, So telling kids they can't can't go on things is just not a conversation, is it? Because they all have devices now. They They need it for school. They, they have devices for Kindles, you know, they have Kindles, they have, they listen to music, they're creating amazing things. So they need this connection. We just didn't have it as kids because it didn't yeah. exist. I'm, I'm just so, looking at that figure there, though, and looking at other ones, like you've got um, Snapchat, Instagram, House Party, yeah. WhatsApp. They all have restrictions, and yet mm-hmm. so many younger kids have it. TikTok, though, has, it's the most popular app, children aged 8 to 12 although it has an age restriction of 13. Now, surely there must be some way of of keeping those youngsters off TikTok, and you would say it's TikTok's job to do it. Would you, though? Yes. Okay, so put it this way. On a child's device, right, you can actually block any download of any app until you as a parent decide if you want your child to have it. Okay. You can block it at the router level, you can block it at the device level, you can literally block downloads from happening. So your child would not be allowed to download anything onto their device without mommy and daddy saying they can. I see. And what do you do then? You have the most important thing, which is the conversation with your child. What is it? Do the research with them. Why do you want it? And if you, you know, the the research is the most important thing. Go on it yourself. Download it onto your own phone and look at it yourself. But if you take, if you take TikTok, which is something that I actually like too, um, there's so many cool things with TikTok, right? There's TikTok family friendly pairing, right? So it's where you can pair it with your child so that you both literally have a mirror account on your phone and on on their device. Mm. So you can see everything that they're doing. Um, you can limit who they can send messages to and all of that kind of stuff. But TikTok automatically defaults to private. So the most important thing that you need to do is when you, if you decide your child is allowed to download the app, then you need to make sure that they enter their correct age. They have to be 13 or over. Mm-hmm. And yes, the statistics, they don't lie. How, what is the percentage of 8 to 12 year olds? A huge percentage of them are online and using this app. If, if you're going to allow them to be on this app, and many parents have, obviously, then you need to make sure that they're safe. You need to make sure that, you know, what they're looking at, what they're doing is, you know, there's so many parental uh, settings. Nobody likes the word parental control, certainly not me. What kids like to be controlled by their parents, but there are family settings there, particularly to protect kids. So, If you download TikTok and you say to TikTok that you're 13 years of age, TikTok will then automatically set your account to private. It will only allow you to comment with your your immediate friend and nobody else. Uh, It will turn off um, anybody's ability to download your videos that you share. It will also turn off uh, your account to others so nobody Mm. can find you. So there are default, privacy by default. But is there any realistic way that TikTok can be forced to prove that the child is actually 13 and not 10? 
No, well, look, we've been through this now a couple of years ago with the digital age of consent of 16, meaning that there's no uh, social network out there that is allowed to collect data on minors under the age of 16. That's a, it's a privacy data regulation issue. Um, and, you know, for Trend Micro and indeed Cyber, Cyber Safe Kids, which is formerly known as Cyber Safe Ireland, I'm chairperson of them, we campaigned to not move that because it's irrelevant whether it's 13, whether it's age 16. The key is education, PJ. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Kids will get around these no matter That's what. That's true. That's so aren't true. you better off knowing what they're on, who they're talking to, checking in with them regularly and preparing them for being a grown-up, preparing them to regulate their own time online, preparing them for everything that's going to come ahead and that you have the, the safety and peace of mind to know that these kids, you've had chats with them, they're not afraid to come to you. If they've messed up, they'll talk to you mm-hmm. and you talk about everything and you have mm-hmm. an open conversation. See, the, the fear is then, you see, if they get into something on an app, uh, yeah. say Instagram or Snapchat and we know the amount of bullying that can yeah. go on on Snapchat so yeah. there's 10 year old or 11 year old being bullied on Snapchat afraid to talk to ma'am because ma'am will give out because you're supposed to be 13 on Snapchat why you want it in the first place maybe we as parents need to accept they're going to do it and listen, it, we did it too. We just didn't have devices, but we did different things that our parents didn't want us to do. True. So the sooner we accept that fact and the sooner that we accept that kids will do things because they're growing up, they're exploring, they're experimenting. The, the relationship is the most important thing. Your kids will grow out of parental controls. They will grow out of safety settings. Well, hopefully they'll always remember they'll hack, you, they'll hack their way out of they it. Will do, they will set up fake accounts under fake names and fake IDs. But what's important is that your conversation with them, an open and trusting relationship, and when they come to you and tell you something that mm. you really don't want to hear, aren't you better off that you're hearing it in the first place? And just remember that, that your child is coming to you to tell you something. Keep your powder dry, as my father says. Yeah. And, you know, bottle it until you talk to someone else later or grown up. But when they come to you with something, you need to listen to them and try and help them figure it out and get through it. And that, you know, the relationship is what you have to hold on to throughout their lives mm. when parental controls are gone. And, you know, the problem starts when the talking stops. And that's what you want to avoid. That's a good way of putting it. Talk for me a little bit about games. Um, yes. Because games are gone from being just the disc that you put into the machine now to an online space, particularly on the news, say, PlayStation 5, where you're playing with someone from Jamaica and, yeah. and you genuinely don't know who you're playing with no, or who's no, watching no. what you're doing. How do we protect them there? So, again, it's settings. You need to do your homework. We all do as parents, and I know it's poor, boring and tedious, but, you know... You wouldn't let, give them the keys to the car, like we always say, PJ. You, you check it out first, make sure they've got their driver's test. You need to look at where you're going to allow them to be and depending on their age and the conversation again. There are safety settings. You can pull out the audio and turn it off so they don't talk to people you, that they can, and they can't hear. Um, if, it's, if it's Fortnite or whatever they're on, they normally have headsets on. They can be playing with people that they don't know. And I know statistically a lot of kids are playing with people out there that they don't know. Yeah, and this is something that you need to talk to them about you know it's suddenly a conversation and usually it's nine times out of ten it's about the game and they're collaborating you can encourage your kids to only play with their friends online you see that's the thing you can set it up or well they, they want to only play with their friends online and moreover yeah. now Avril at this time where they're not seeing their mates 
you know, playing a no. game on the PlayStation is about the only communication they have with their friends. We have to understand that. But how Absolutely. can we protect them against a stranger drifting in from the outside? And and we know what strangers do. I know. And you know what? You can do a lot of things with settings and talking to your child. But somehow, some way, there could be some somebody come and talk to your child. And when your child sees that, you know, your gut instinct to teach your kids about their gut and if something doesn't feel right like I've worked in community with trend micro volunteers we've been out to schools you talk to kids about someone talks to you online and they want to meet you offline or you know it's somebody that you don't know how would you know the difference between a friend or as you know someone having a friendly chat with Mm. you that you don't know and someone who's trying to get your personal information and steal it or maybe they just want to meet you offline or something even more sincere. How do you know the difference between the two? And they know. They say, they ask weird questions. They ask questions that a good friend wouldn't or a close friend. They're a bit creepy. You know, they're not stupid. And it's so important to talk to kids about that. If something doesn't feel right, you come to me. We learn how to block them. We learn how to report them. There are things we can do to protect you. And every gamer out there has done stuff. You know, I would not put the gaming industry or social network industry in the firing line. We all have a responsibility in community to this. Yes, they all do have a responsibility to make sure that family settings are there to help protect our kids. Mm. But we as parents are the first in line. We buy the devices. We give them all. So we're the first we're the first lines of defense. We are, we are, and we'll always be there for our kids. And we want our kids to grow up knowing, you know, about family settings, about privacy, about their gut, about resilience, about kindness online, about the ability to report, about the ability to stand back and walk away and go for a walk with the dog. You know, we need them to regulate and to learn how to regulate for themselves so that being online is a part of their life, Mm. a huge part now because of the pandemic, but that they know how to manage it. And that's where we go. Someone said to me before, like, if you're buying another expert in your your own field like yourself was when you buy a child, say, uh, let's say for argument's sake, an iPad. And the reason I say it because I have one myself. So you buy a child an iPad for for their birthday, right? And... Keep it yourself for about a week or two. Get to know how it works. Set up every blocker you can on it. Then give it to them for their birthday. Absolutely. My father has a new Samsung and it took me a day and a half because I had to set it. I'm the technical support here at home. Mm -hmm. So I had to set it all up for a day and a half with him. And every couple of days he keeps coming to, oh my God, He's found Spotify. He's found, he is, you know, the RIP.ie is up there now, the Lottery.ie. <laughs> he's got the journal. He's got, you know, obviously 96 of them. He's got it all up there, but he keeps coming back to me telling me what else he's found. But I found it first and I've seen it. And it's just as important family settings for us as adults and the elderly as it is for kids to make sure everyone is safe. Mm. And do you know what? I could easily say that every night of the week, me and my family are watching something on Netflix and the Doritos and chocolate comes out. And I have a responsibility when it comes to my family and obesity. And I have nights there where I'm thinking, I'm a bad parent for taking these out and I need to go for healthier options. But we slip up. We all do. Mm. And it's a matter of being conscious of it, about being informed. And these statistics in Cyber Safe Kids is fantastic because we now know Mm. that we're all in this together. And we're all in the same boat. And we need to make sure as a community now that we have that information. Now we know what to do about it. Here's a call that's come in, Avril. Do you understand that people are working 
from 8 in the morning, not being at home till 7 at night. And now with COVID, they're letting the kids on the phones and computers for education and hoping they're not going on things like TikTok. Not to mind kids using friends' Wi-Fi and even hotspots. Surely we share in trying to keep the kids on the straight and narrow. I'm the same. I work nine, like... I work five days a week. It's crazy. My husband's upstairs doing the same and then the kids are online. But whether you've got an Android device or an Apple device, you can actually set up screen time management where, like, my kids are only allowed on Seesaw and Google Classroom and certain things online from the hours of nine until four in the day. TikTok is blocked. There's a number of all their gaming stuff is blocked during school time hours. Mm. And then the, the older fella is blocked in the evenings because he has his homework to do. But it's not like I go in and just block it all. I have to have had the conversations with them or there would be the biggest barney. I'd have to move out of home. <laughs> but I have to con- have conversations mm. with them. I think what you're and saying then, here, Avril, very strongly is as a parent, this is part of your job. It's our job. You, you wouldn't give them the keys to the car and you can't, you can't say, I hope they're not on. There are things in your devices. There are things within the apps themselves to protect your kids. You need to just figure out where they are. And that, the internet has all that information for you. And like yesterday evening, uh, my 10-year-old wanted more time on Roblox. So I opened up the screen time management and I said, okay, let's have a look here now together. Right, you were on Roblox for three hours today. I can't give you more time. What kind of a parent would I be if I gave you more time on Roblox? And look, you've been on, you were on Seesaw for this time, you were on Zoom with your class, I know that. You were doing all this. And I ask her, what kind of a parent would I be if I allowed her more time? Yeah. I can't. And I, my hands are tied and I'm so sorry. And, you know, there was, she wasn't happy. I can tell you that now. Mm. Well, you'll no be told I hate you more than I, once. <laughs> listen... There was I, expect, I I cannot repeat what was said to me, um, and I have to keep my powder dry because I know that's upsetting for her. And you know what as well, she's not seeing her friends, and she does need to talk to them. And I hear her laughing so hard with her friends mm. when she's playing games with them, and it's fantastic. That feels good. And that's good. That's good to know. You, where you know, would you be? Uh, where you? would you be without the internet? There's I'm, benefits to use. Yeah. Very quickly, Avril, you've got a, a, a free talk for parents this evening. Where can people find yeah. it? Every two weeks from now on, PJ, we're launching them and they're free. Please remember they're free. People think they're not free. So they're free and you can either watch it live on Facebook. We're streaming it from our Facebook page, Trend Micro Europe. Or if you go to, uh, you can dial into our Zoom webinar tonight at 8 o'clock and it's internetsafety.trendmicro.com forward slash events. And the Zoom details are there. Um, It's for an hour. There will be a sign language interpreter as well. Um, for for our deaf community, so please share it out there. Um, and we really, really, I record it as well. But please, you know, I've I've tagged you on Instagram and Facebook, PJ, if you want to share it out and just uh, help us get the message sure, out there. Sure. But you know, at the end of this, I'm going to be asking what do you want me to cover in two weeks' time again, and we'll have a ha- maybe fifteen twenty minutes of Q and A as well okay. because we need to keep it real. We're all in this together. We'll, we'll share all this on our socials as well because I think it's a great idea. Thanks very much, Avril. Avril Ronan. Um, of, of Trend Micro and uh, Cyber Safe Kids. Thank you, Avril. Uh, tonight, uh, we'll, we'll put that up, we'll share it, we'll share it out. But I think that's a very strong message from Avril. It is our job as parents to make sure that our kids are safe online. It's not anybody else's job, it's our job. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. 
That's interesting now. That's another weather warning issued by Met Aaron with regard to Thursday morning, which is what, if you were listening uh, earlier this morning, Alan O'Reilly from Carlo Weather was with us on the opinion line. He said Thursday morning into Thursday afternoon here in Cork, we're likely to see a bit of the old schnapter. It'll stick for a bit, but could well turn to rain by evening. But there's Met Aaron now with a yellow uh, warning for Munster which, yes, includes us on Thursday. So we're getting closer to it. And we'll know more, I think, probably tomorrow when we see how these various weather systems are behaving way, way up over our heads. 185715996, the number to call, the text to WhatsApp 083 396 the email opinion at 96fm.ie. If you missed anything in the first two hours of our programme this morning, remember the podcast goes up in the afternoon. Get it up there on Twitter. Get the link on Twitter early in the afternoon. Then it goes to all of our various platforms, including the Cork's 96FM app. And uh, your full programme, without the ads, without the news, without all those things, just the full programme goes up, as I said, every day, mid-afternoon, the podcast of The Opinion Line. You can subscribe to it and be updated for you every day and all that. And it's free. It's free, which is better again. 1850 uh, Avril from Trend Micro also wanted me to mention they're launching their 2021 video competition for kids today. They asked kids to create a two-minute video on how the internet helped them get through this year. That's a nice one. Uh, more information on trendmicro.ie. More trendmicro.ie. What's your story? Trendmicro.ie. That's a nice one. Kids to make a two-minute video on how the how the internet got them through lockdown. Still taking one or two of your ideas uh, for television programmes and movies that you sort of turn to when you've had enough. When you've had enough of lockdown and you've had enough of pandemic and you've had enough of politics and you've had enough of the weather and you've had enough of having enough. What is the television show or the movie that you turn to. Eamon and Douglas says the best movie for me is The Shawshank Redemption. Watched it several times based on a true story. Uh, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. Ah, yeah. Anything with Morgan Freeman in it is always worth a watch. Another great one with Morgan Freeman actually is Invictus. What a marvellous film. Jess says Sister Act or Call the Midwife. Yeah, Netflix keeps throwing Call the Midwife at me. It's got pretty much the whole lot now. And I don't know whether I should start watching it or not. I might. Every evening the... What's this? Now, essential services. What's essential and what's not? Every evening the ice cream van comes around. Essential service in the middle of winter. And what's worse is all the kids gather around. No two metre distancing going on. And then the mums are there watching them. And they're gathering in a huddle as well. Right? Tell the Queen Bee watch Madam X. But bring the hankies. What about the fugitive... See, there's loads of them. If you have any ideas, let us know. 1850-715-996. Mark says, stand by me. Right. Story in the Echo today, Anne Murphy has it, that a raft of litigation is following in the wake of the pandemic, headed straight for the health sector, because people who have acquired COVID-19 while they were in hospital or that their diagnosis or their treatment of other conditions has been put back because of the limitations of the pandemic on hospital services. They're consulting their lawyers 
because after all this is over and over it will be let's never forget that and let's never stop saying that it will it will end someday then people will say well what about the fact that I got it in hospital or what about the fact that my mom got it in hospital or what about the fact that I had a cancer in my body that I couldn't it wasn't discovered because of all of the confusion over COVID-19 and people are going to consult their lawyers about that. One of the lawyers they might consult is Barrister Darren O'Mahony. Darren, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. People have been talking about this for quite some time now, particularly in terms of cancer diagnosis and treatment and discovery of cancer. There is a real possibility that at the end of this pandemic, there will be people looking for legal redress. Yeah, I think so. I mean, already we're hearing from a number of people um, who have experienced delays in the system and um, people with cancer and other problems like that obviously the pandemic is having a huge knock-on effect in on our emergency departments and you know people um, with other acute conditions aren't maybe getting the treatment in a timely manner as they would have before the pandemic because the system is simply stretched to breaking point mm. um, and it's the lack of intervention which causes the greatest harm and which kills people, you know, people with heart problems, lung problems and other conditions, which would ordinarily get seen to um, quickly. And of course, the hospitals will try to say are, are in fairness to them, are doing their level best to make sure that mm. everyone gets gets treated. But the pandemic, I mean, look at the pressure it put on us in, in, in January. Yeah. Well, I think it's understandable. Um, and in fairness, think about all the retired healthcare workers and the people who'd moved to Australia back last March who who came home and offered their services to the HSE in the battle against COVID. Um, so, I mean, we must appreciate that those working within our hospitals have seen significant changes to the type and the numbers of patients that they're encountering and to their working practices so um, logic follows that in these difficult times when hard decisions have to be made, there's a real chance that in the months ahead, those decisions could be subject to questioning by individuals and families. And, um, you know, the benefit of hindsight is always great. But uh, I think it's worth mentioning, PJ, that even in the UK, the Medical Defence Union has called for its members, which would be consultants, doctors, to be granted immunity from medical negligence claims Mm. um, during the pandemic because of concerns over both the extent of the financial and the personal costs involved for those doctors. Yeah, they can clearly see see the problems coming. The huge number of people, and we now know that that, that it has happened, the huge numbers of people who have contracted COVID in a hospital or a care, other care setting, that could lead to litigation, couldn't it? Well, it could. Um, and of course, people might have a, a stateable case or grounds for a cause of action. But it must be borne in mind that these cases are ordinarily very difficult to bring home. And in every case, uh, a plaintiff or an individual mounting a case will have to get medical experts uh, reporting supportive of their case before they can go anywhere. So, um, for example, in a COVID case, if somebody is saying that they or a family member contracted it in hospital, I suppose it would entail getting a virologist or other um, expert of that kind to investigate it. And I suppose when COVID-19 is and has been so widespread in the community across the country, it's, I think it's going to be very difficult to prove that the infection was picked up in hospital 
you know, it's we saw it years ago with the MRSA cases. It's going to be very difficult to establish where exactly the COVID-19 was picked up. And like in every case, in order to succeed, a person has to prove mm-hmm. they were owed a breach of duty, owed a duty of care, that that duty of care was breached and that the breach caused them harm. And usually it's the, the, the last one of those, the causation, that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, I think this is where a lot of these cases could fall down on causation. Yes, um, of course, when someone goes into hospital, they're owed a duty of care. And of course, when they get COVID in there um, and there are adverse consequences, that's that's a loss, that's a harm, that's an injury. But I think proving the causal link between the two might be very, very difficult. Yeah. As the article, as, as I read it, it's predicting that a lot of people will come forward thinking that they have a case, but in actual, in all reality, they, they may not. And and sifting mm. through sifting through that will be the job of people like yourself. Yeah, and I mean, if you talk about delays, and I have such sympathy for people. I I know so many people who've fallen foul of this. But even take a cancer case, even if there is a delay in the investigation or the treatment of a person's. Uh, cancer, and even if that is found to constitute a breach of duty, it doesn't necessarily follow um, that there's causation, or in other words, that the delay caused the person's loss. You know, these cases ordinarily are very difficult, and I think they're going to be even more difficult now um, with COVID nineteen. You know, the burden of proof is is very high. Yeah, it is high. It is, and and particularly when you go into the court with these things, the, the, the burden is to prove it happened because. Isn't that Absolutely. the problem? Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, here claims are usually brought against the health service executive, which is indemnified by the state claims agency, rather than individual consultants or doctors, unless you're talking about private uh, sector healthcare. But um, even though the, the doctors themselves in medical negligence cases are kind of really kept at arm's length from the litigation process because their claims are handled by legal teams. Um, It doesn't mean that they're not deeply affected when they come to know that they're the subject to a claim. And I think particularly at a time like this when, you know, for the past 11 months, we have more so than ever been grateful and thankful to our wonderful frontline workers for all they've done for us and for our entire community. Um, Certainly in my lifetime, I've never seen such praise uh, for the health service executive and the people working within it. Yeah, indeed, and, and rightly so, because of the, the countless lives that they that they have saved. Sadly, so many have been lost, but they have saved countless more. Dieran, thank you very much for your time this morning. That's Dieran O'Mahony, a barrister specialising in medical negligence and other such things. And yes, there will be a slew of people looking to take cases and take action, but at the end of the day, getting something proven, actually proving it, and actually having what you think, you might think it's a very solid case, but actually proving it is a huge job. 1850-715-996. I'm now being challenged on Twitter to watch Call the Midwife. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It was kind of one of these Sunday night things that was on Sort of, and I thought, is that now another old Glen Row with midwives? But obviously it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm being challenged to watch a couple of episodes. We'll see. We'll see. I might just do that because, as I say, Netflix keeps throwing it at me. We shall see. 1850. And Netflix is, in fairness, 
that's one thing I love about Netflix. They're rarely wrong. When they throw something at you, at you, thinking you're going to like this, they are rarely wrong. 1857-15996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Cork's 96FM has identified many advantages to wearing a face mask. Save time and money by only having to do eye makeup. Forgot to shave? No problem. You're covered. And it's easier to avoid an ex because they probably won't recognize you. However, the main reason for wearing a face mask is the most vital to help stop the spread of coronavirus. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. We're masking for a friend. Thank you. From Cork's 96FM. Charge up for family adventures with the Land Rover range of plug-in hybrid electric vehicles. With pioneering hybrid technology, the Land Rover range offers the perfect balance of efficiency, power and performance, both on road and off, making every journey effortlessly refined. Enjoy the road less travelled with ease. Explore the 2021 Land Rover range of plug-in hybrids at Johnson & Parrott Land Rover, Bishopstown. Land Rover. Above and beyond. What will life look like when you retire? Will you have enough to live on? What if I told you there was a savings account where for every 60 euro you save now, the government may give you 40 euro? Welcome to Expert Pensions. At Expert Pensions, our local advisors can help you plan your best life in retirement. Whether you need, have or had a pension, fuel your future. Visit expertpensions.ie. Revenue rules apply. Pax Asset Management, DAC Trading as Pax Asset Management, Pax Financial Planning, Income Protection, Ask Paul and Expert Pensions is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. One potato, two potato, three potatoes, four. Griffins are the potatoes that all the cork adores. Boiled or mashed or roasted, they're always on the plate. Grab a Griffin's potato for a taste that's really great. Try Griffin's specially grown chipping potatoes for the perfect homemade chip. Fluffy inside and crunchy outside. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850 715 996. On Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, loads of people piling on now telling me I need to start watching Call the Midwife if I like my medical dramas. Anne Buckley, the Queen of Fire. Hello, Anne. How are you, girl? Another vote for Call the Midwife. Great old story to it. And lovely music. I believe the music is great. The, the soundtrack is great. Uh, so it is. Yeah. You see, I like my medical dramas to have blood in them. Lots of blood. Uh, and lots of strange, impossible... Another brilliant one, actually, um, that I watched. I have one episode left. Transplant. That's excellent. That's on Now TV at the moment. And the two... My two favourite ones are back again. The Resident and The Good Doctor. But I think I would probably get to um, get to call the midwife at some point. Right. What do we got? Um, Rachel, what, what's your favourite? You've got a couple of them here. Dirty Dancing and Flash Dance. Well, with yourself now, I might have expected that. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, darling. I love anything movie-wise that is joy. I don't like to work hard when I sit down to watch a movie. Rarely, even though I was in the acting business for years. I, I don't like working when I watch a movie. I love nostalgia. Like, I loved 
you know, most fire. And you know, well, the, we had fantastic movies when we were younger. Yes. We had brilliant ones. We had, you know, most fire, we had Dirty Dancing. Flashdance. But dance. also, Flashdance was brilliant. I was such a I used to do the dancing down in our basement growing up. I used to do, put on my leotard and do the dancing. I was way in a, a world of my own. But they were all fantastic movies with fantastic soundtracks. And you just sort of, you know, you switched off. They were brilliant. Mm. That's the kind of stuff I like. But You're I a bit of a Bridget Jones fan, are you? Yes, I do. You see, I like Bridget Jones because it makes me feel normal. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> you know, it's brilliant. It was fantastic. What a great story where women get to, to feel normal, you know, um, that was that was that's a great and it's a classic. You'd always go back and watch that. The Sex and the City movie, um, that was all glamour, you know, when they flew first class to um, to Dubai. Yeah. I think it was Dubai they went to. So all that sort of um, the Breakfast Club, another classic. PJ, oh, that's brilliant. Club. I think the whole world fell in love with Molly Ringwald. I haven't seen that one for years. <laughs> I, I I used it quite a lot when I had the acting school. We used it quite a lot for the kids for monologues and scenes, etc. Like all those, I suppose that they're all sort of teenager, young, young adults. But I suppose when you look back on your life, you know, it was all new when you were teenagers, like dirty dancing, you know, when you went on holidays and you fell in love and it was all new. And, mm. you know, it's just feel good movies. They're brilliant. Yeah. Flashdance was particularly personal to you, wasn't it? Because you used to watch it over and over again and you were looking to get into the old acting game and you were watching Flashdance and... You used to and sit and saying, dream, didn't you? Oh, I did. Well, I didn't just sit and dream because we had a basement where when I grew up. So I spent my life in the basement. I had it all decked out and I did my Jane Fonda workout and then I did my flash dance and I'd, I'd come up with dance routines or I'd sit on the steps of the garden and I would come up with songs. Um, I'd recite Shakespeare. I'd, you know, it was my, my little world, mm. you know, where I wanted to go to New York. I wanted to train as an actor. Uh, and I put the work in. Um, but that movie, it did resonate with me because she she worked hard, she practiced, and she had a dream, and she went for it. And I love, I love those movies where where people go for it. She just went for it. Um, so yeah, so it was particularly poignant. But but equally, I mean. I love all of these sort of movies. St. Elmo's Fire was, I loved the soundtrack in that movie and I loved, um, you know, the camaraderie. And But again, it was, you know, young adults, you know, where everything was new and it was exciting and carefree. So mm. I like that sort of stuff. I don't like to work too hard. Even though, I mean, How do you mean work too hard? How do you well, mean work too you know, hard? Sophie's Choice is a phenomenal movie with, yes. with my favourite actor. Wasn't that your, wasn't that one, that wasn't, I did, I'm, I'm, I'm betraying things. Wasn't that one of your audition pieces? Didn't you used to do a piece out of Sophie's Choice? No, I don't, I did a piece out of, um, I did a piece out of Shadow of a Gunman. Yes. Yes, and I did, was it Shadow of a Gunman? Gosh, it's so long ago. <laughs> um, it's so long ago, but I did, well, I played Minnie Powell in, or um, Powell in the, in the Everyman, with um, Elmerie's husband Connor, yeah. uh, played opposite me at Daverin. It wasn't that. It was. It was. Um, I think of it now in a while. The the um, the clown star. Right, the clown right, star right, right. Was the one I did. But the Americans love the Irish, so I did a, a, an Irish piece for them. But um, yeah, so so yeah, all those sort of all those sort of feel good. Sophie's Choice is a great movie, great acting, but it's it's you know it's it's. It's heartbreaking. You have to stay you know, with it. You have yeah. to stay with it. You've been in a certain frame of mind to watch it, yeah. Yeah, Devil Wears Prada. Godfather. How's that one for you? 
Oh, no. No? <laughs> no, isn't it funny? No, I, I'm not. Um, I, I don't know. No, I, I wouldn't Still be. The book club. I loved the book club. Yes. Uh, with, with all of the, the, the fantastic women in it. Um, I loved the book club. I love anything, actually, with Jane Fonda. I think Jane Fonda, um, I mean, on Golden Pond, I, I, I use the scene that she had with her father um, for the acting classes to show how you can bridge your life into your character's work. But when she, when she said to her father, I just want to be your friend, you know, I want us to be friends, you, know, you could tell she was just so, she meant every word of it to her actual father. Mm. Um, but she's just come into her own. I'm, I was watching, what's it, Grace and Frankie? Yeah. Um, it's yes. Oh my God, she's coming into her own. I saw her in another movie a couple of um, couple of weeks ago. She also did a wonderful small movie with Robert Redford not so long ago. Um, if people want to Google it, it's a lovely little movie where these two um, elderly people decide that they want to have sex again, and they decide that maybe they'll sleep over, and they sort of have this renaissance, and then they end up falling in love. But it's it's very real. You know, it's about having companionship later in life. Um, wonderful movie again but I think she's come into her own so much mm. uh, in her later years mm. brilliant brilliant to see it's if never too if, late if you had only one movie that you could keep on a DVD to watch mm, I would go with uh, for a feel good factor mm. right for a feel good factor I'm going to go with Dirty Dancing I would have said Footloose, but yeah, it's a yeah. toss-up between the two. For and the soundtrack, I think Dirty Dancing. I think Dirty Dancing. I think it's just that whole nostalgia of when you went on holidays. When we went on holidays, we probably we gave our addresses so we'd have pen pals um, back in the day. And you'd wait for the letter to come through the post. <laughs> but it was, it was just all brand new, you know? It was just... Brilliant. Twas, twas. It was, it was yeah. a fantasy world and the music was great. Listen, always great to talk, Rachel. Thanks very much. More ideas out of that, please. We've been doing a little bit of research. The executive research desk has been doing what we pay it to do. We may well find out about Ed Jordan before the end of the programme. Joanne, the sound of music. You need to sing along loudly or in my case, badly. Uh, D mentions Curly, Curly Sue. There's a gorgeous film. Curly Sue was very funny. Very funny. And the Corkoy Poo reckons he'll be cancelled for mentioning this Blazing Saddles. Mr. Koi Poo, sir, I have seen Blazing... And there are very few movies I can watch more than a couple of times without getting terribly bored. The Blazing Saddles, I've watched it 20, 30 times, and I would watch it again right here, right now. It broke every modern rule. It would never get made now. The directors would be taken out before a firing squad. It would. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. 1850 Happy, happy 12th to Cassidy Green O'Reilly. Okay, throw that one in. 1850 Come on, give me something I'm forgetting. Movie or television show that you turn to. And it doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if you remember The Virginian or The New Avengers or if you've recently discovered anything. Just let me know what it is before 12. 083 396 96 96. 
The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. All the big names, Ed Sheeran, Miley, Lewis Capaldi, they'll help fly you through Tuesday afternoon if you're at work or just need something to beat the slump. I'm with you from midday here on Cork's 96FM. Hello, Specsavers here. We know being able to see and hear keeps you connected to your world and the people you love, especially during lockdown. And eye tests can help detect a range of underlying health conditions too. So we're letting you know our stores remain open with current guidance allowing you to leave your home for eye and hearing tests. And we have all the necessary measures in place to keep you and our colleagues safe in line with government advice. We're open to care for you. Find out more at specsavers.ie. Shh. Listen. That's the sound of a quieter, cleaner future, led by Volkswagen, Ireland's best-selling car brand. Led by our all-electric, carbon-neutral ID3 and ID4 models and our plug-in hybrid range. And led by all of you, joining us on our way to a zero-carbon future. Volkswagen. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show, The Opinion Line, with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now, 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. Tony says his go-to is the Count of Monte Cristo. My goodness me. Uh, Karen O'Reilly from EmployFlex uh, tweeted, her comfort movie is Mamma Mia. Yeah, I preferred... I have to say I preferred the stage show. Stage show is brilliant. I wasn't a big fan of the movie, but it's great. All the same. There's a film called The Other Sister, starring Juliette Lewis and Diane Keaton, about a girl with learning difficulties and how she gets on with life, love and her family. Lovely movie. Another vote for Zoolander. Brilliant. Funny. But you have to go with it. Go with the story. It's hilarious. And Baldy Barber says E.T. Oh, yes, E.T. And Titanic. Olin. Dumb and Dumber. Gillian says as good as it gets. Regina is another one for Mamma Mia. But Faulty Towers a must watch. And another great one from that time of great television comedy where some others do have them. Remember that one? Yeah, love that. Listen, that, speaking of great things that happen at the weekends like great television you can join Trevor Welsh this afternoon or this Saturday afternoon rather on 96m.ie for Premier League Live once again exclusively online and powered by TalkSport big lineup for Saturday Leicester v Liverpool at 12.30 Crystal Palace against Burnley at 3 Manchester City against Spurs at half past five and Brighton v Aston Villa at eight o'clock. The Premier League live online with Now TV. Stream all the action from Sky Sports on the Now TV Sky Sports Pass and listen Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or by going to 96fm.ie. Hello to Mr. Kramer, Kieran Kramer. I mentioned him here last week on the show. Spending a lot of time in hospital. Give us a fright he did uh, last week, did my friend uh, Kieran Kramer of the Kieran Kramer Band. Uh, He, best of luck to you, my friend, he has just moved to the NRH uh, for a little bit of rehab and he's been suggesting movies. He said the best movie he's seen in a long time is The Way. 
and also Greece and Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, sure, Greece wouldn't even get made now. You'd be there'd be pickets on Greece if if you made it now. But still a fabulous movie and a fabulous soundtrack. Good luck, Kieran, my friend. We'll talk soon. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. They're down around Clonakilty Way. I remember when the the wife a few years ago, the Queen Bee, she her when she quit college or finished college, her her first job was down in West Cork down in Skibbereen. She was based down there for uh, for a few months. And as a present, me ever being practical, as a present, I bought her a sat-nav as a kind of a starting a new job present because I figured down around there she's going to need one. And one thing about driving around West Cork with a sat-nav, it can occasionally lead you wrong. So it can. And there's a story in the newspaper today, uh, Sean O'Reardon has it in the examiner, that sat-navs are guiding large trucks onto a narrow road in a residential area and it's causing a lot of fears and worries down there. Uh, Councillor Declan Hurley is an independent councillor down that neck of the woods. Declan, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. We've all been down West Cork and the sat-nav has brought us places we didn't expect to be brought, but this is dangerous. It is, and it's it's an ongoing uh, issue, PJ, and I suppose people may not realise, but obviously if you're going into an area that you're not aware that you might not know, you'll throw on the, the Google Maps or the sat-nav and hopefully get the right directions but unfortunately Can you get a bit closer to that phone Declan because it's not the best How that PJ? That's slightly better yeah right. um, Obviously it, it's fine if you're in your car or a small vehicle driving through the beautiful West Cork but if you're driving a, a 70 ton crane or an articulated truck and you get sent down a narrow boreline uh, therein lies the problem and we had a situation in Dunmanway a number of years ago where a 70-ton truck or a 70-ton crane that was en route from Cork to Castletown Bear was detoured off the main road, down a boreline. And what happened was that the, the boreline, which was designed for a horse and cart 100 years ago, collapsed, gave way, and the crane overturned. And it could have been a fatality. But the driver, this happened at night time, the driver wasn't sure where he was going. He thought the directions on the fact never were correct. He followed the, the route, and that's what happened. And again, in the last number of weeks, what we have in the in the, the, the surrounding area of the Manway town itself is large articulated trucks using a small, another boring, um, which comes, it's, it's, it shoots off the main mukroom to the Manway road. And these trucks, when they realize their mistake, they have to reverse maybe three or four miles back the road, back out onto the main road again which is dangerous for oncoming traffic. Again, these are people working, going about their daily routines, but not knowing where they're going, and depending on the advice, the SATNAV. And the SATNAV will always give you the, the shortest route. That's right. The shortest route may not always be the safest or the most um, appropriate route. Yeah, that's right. It'll, it'll, it'll take you the shortest way, but if you're driving a big, great big horse of a truck, down a country lane is not necessarily where you want to be going. It's not, no. And again, when this happens in residential areas, you have families, and particularly now with, with family, people working from home, uh, they might be taking breaks. They're both walking uh, with their kids and their family, and next thing they're met with this gigantic, enormous truck on a very narrow road. And, and that, makes, that can be dangerous in the sense that, again, even people uh, commuting around the town locally, they have their daily routine, they don't expect anybody else on the road, they, they know their neighbours, and next thing they're met, met with a big truck, um, and it's stuck, and it causes problems and hassles for locals. What can be and done it about dangerous. it? I'm not sure. I think certainly um, Google Maps or SatNav, I think, need to have some way of um, different. I think they need to find like main routes better on SatNav. 
Right? When we look at a sat nav, uh, we, we look at just lines on a map and we, we follow the line that the sat nav is directed. So we have to, I think, understand which is a main road, which is a boring, which is a, 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 a secondary road. Um, and that information is not given on a sat nav or on Google Maps. And I, I have raised this with on the council. We have written off to uh, the different companies. We've heard nothing back yet, but it's something that needs to be addressed because, okay. again, with that, that crane that overturned that time, that could have been fatal. It was no fault of the driver. He was taking the information that was being given to him on the fact that but he was directed totally onto a totally unsuitable road. Okay, all right. Listen, that's not the best phone line in the world. Thank you, uh, Declan. Councillor Declan Hurley, the, the road in question is is the is the domain spa road down around Clonakilty, and which is a country road, but you can be dragged off down it if you. That's the thing about satnavs; it will bring you the shortest route, but not necessarily the the best route. I remember coming back one night. Where was I? I was down in West Cork one night. Um, I'd been down, I think, at a court case or something, down the right back end of, of West Cork. And, and sometimes back in the day I could have stayed, but I had to get back for something else the following morning. So I set off and it was getting dark and I hit the sat-nav and put in the home button, as you do, to get home. The oh, It brought me up at country lane with no lighting and grass in the middle and pigs now eventually it knocked about 15 miles off the journey but I was afraid of me living life going through West Cork what I was going to meet when a sat nav does that to you 1850 Terry a movie I haven't heard mentioned yet and one I could watch over and over is The Life of Brian ah yes The Life of Brian I had never sorry The Queen Bee had never seen The Life of Brian and then it turned up on Netflix and we sat down one Friday night last year and I said, you're going to have to see this. And she, I nearly had to carry her out. I nearly had to be carried out of the house. The first time you see, the first time you see um, The Life of Brian. Sky News have just, ah, oh, for goodness sake, Sky News have just put up footage of a trucker using mobile on the M4 using two mobile phones on the M4. What? Good God. Top Gun got the need for speed. Neil and Millstreet, Top Gun. What a film. And what a soundtrack. What a brilliant soundtrack, Top Gun. Father Ted always cheers me up. I never get tired of watching it. Enjoying the show, says Jen. Jen in Valencolic. Out of Africa. Good movie. Good movie. The Rock and The Hunt for Red October are my favourite films, says D. Yeah, Top Gun, another one. Heartbeat with Nick Berry. ITV series. It was Nick Berry who used to play, oh God, your man in EastEnders. Simon, wasn't it? Simon Wicks he played in EastEnders. I used to watch the musical movies and dream of breaking into showbiz. But as a guy, my favourite was Singing in the Rain. Also, I'm amazed no one has mentioned Little House on the Prairie. Oh God, yes. And the Waltons. Night, John boy. Night, Mary Ellen. Night, John. Shut up and go to sleep. The Waltons, yes, great. Oh, brother, where art thou? Funny movie. Uh, with great deep south, easy listening to movie. Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Once upon a time in America, says Shauna. Suggest Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is another one coming. It's great suggestions. Great suggestions. We'll be busy out. Looking at the last of them. Right. Uh, I want to do this before we finish out today. Cove Ramblers. 
are celebrating a very important week. We've talked on the programme before about Frederick Douglass and his amazing connection to Cork. And there's been a, a move underway to get a proper memorial for the man in Cork. And there's a whole week now to celebrate his story and his legacy. And Cove Ramblers are to take part in it. I'm joined on the phone by Karen Doyle and Mary McConnell, who'll be on the panel at an event coming up uh, next weekend. Uh, to you first, Karen, good morning to you. Hi, PJ. How are you? Good. A few years ago, it's fair to say a lot of people had never heard of Frederick Douglass. And mm. then his story gained traction. Remind us again what the story is. Well, I didn't know much about Frederick Douglass myself, actually, PJ. Um, I know we touched on it probably at school and you'd hear a little bit throughout the years about him um, and his anti-slavery abolitionist um, movement, you know, that he was. Frederick Douglass was a man way ahead of his time. Even now, I find it astonishing all the things and the obstacles that he overcame. Um, you know, he was an amazing man. He was an activist, an author. Um, he really and truly like came from slavery he escaped um having learned how to write he uh taught um other slaves how to how to read um at bible studies um you know at a time when you can imagine how difficult that must have been in itself nor mind then going on to write amazing books um speak to crowds of thousands and then take a journey um over to ireland at the invitation i think of daniel o'connell who um and then spent a number of months here, 175 years ago, visiting various cities. And he really said that when he visited Ireland, it was the first time that he felt that he was treated as a man rather than a person of colour, that people really saw him. And I think we're really moved by him and by his plight because, of course, Ireland at that time was going through its own horror stories that the famine I think had, had begun and mm. you know we had Daniel O'Connell fighting for nationalism there was all this kind of stuff going on but this man really captured the imagination of and told the story of the slave and what was happening He was a man was of extraordinary story. bravery wasn't he because back then for even thinking the things he used to say he, a man, a, a person of colour like himself could be, could be locked up Absolutely. but he had the courage to say these things in public and, and spoke so so eloquently, you know, one, one of the quotes um, he says, and I just think it's fantastic, you know, it is easier to build strong children than repair broken men. I mean, that is as relevant today as it was 175 years ago, you know, when you think about it. Yeah. Um, he just said a beautiful way with words that I think move people into action. And we are so thrilled um, to be able to host the sports strand of this event at Cove Randers. It's a, yeah. it's a great honour. Um, we have a fantastic lineup. Um, I know Mary will speak a bit now. Yeah, uh, she, she's uh, there on the other line. Hi, Mary. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, uh, Mary McDonnell, uh, ladies' captain at, at, uh, at Cove Randers. What is the event? It's, it's an unusual one for a, a, a football club to have a panel event like this. Tell me about it. Yeah, so I suppose when you, when, you, when you look at the game in recent years, I think a big thing, I suppose, the side of it for me is the inequality within the game for women. And I think a huge part of it has come up a lot in the media over the last two years when you look at the 20, Joe, 20 by 20 campaign that was ran. You know, and I know obviously because of COVID, they couldn't get the full results of it. And the, the whole thing about that was to get you know, 20% increase on you know, participation, media coverage, attendances, you know, and 
I think it just shows that there is still problems within the game and I think these are some of the things like I said John Frederick Douglass was around 100 years ago but he was way ahead of his time so these were these were still issues that back then he you know, inequality racism all these issues still still exist today yeah. especially within the game <laughs> Now it's an interesting panel that you've got lined up yeah, it is. It really is. And I think it will it will garner a really good discussion. And I think the discussion is very timely, given everything that's happening in the world, and especially in sports, especially one of the biggest movements in the world at the minute is the Black Lives Matter movement. And I, I think that we are having this discussion at a time when it needs to be had, you know, and I think it's good. One our panel members will be, um, we have Dr. Adrian Mulligan, first of all, he is from Bucknell University. He'll just give a quick overview about Frederick Douglass himself. But a panel discussion then will be Brendan Ogle of Unite, um, TJ Hogan from the East Cork Traveller Project, um, Mary McDonald, obviously, she's going to be there, and um, Adamida, um, international player, he's going to be uh, on the panel as well. And we have a pre-recorded question and answers um, from Irish International Players, Christy, which will be very interesting. You know, yeah, Brendan um, Ogle from the United Union is there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now he'll be speaking about the Champions Cup and unity over diversity. So there's, there's, it will be a really, really good, lively discussion. Um, we want everybody uh, to to come to come on and have a look at it, PJ. You know, it's uh, this lockdown has been dreadful for a lot of people, and people might be bored looking for something a little bit different. Well, this is different, and and it's also timely, as I said. And I think it's important that the message goes out to all the boys and girls out there who are involved in sports in any way that. Cove Ramblers, and I know many other clubs will be the same, but Cove Ramblers in particular, as we're coming up to our centenary next year, we want young people to know that we believe in them. We want them to believe in themselves. We want them to know that there's a place they can belong at Cove Ramblers and that as adults and and leaders in our community that we are going to ensure that no child is left behind and that racism is given the red card um, and that we want to do that but we can only do that together as a community and and remembering those children and remembering how important it is mm. that they they don't feel um, the brunt of racist comments Mary, you, know, you, you, you mentioned the inclusivity of, of women in sport yeah. are things changing? They definitely are PJ I think even like Joe like I said that 20 to 2020 campaign they couldn't get the um, full results of it you know, but I remember they did a study. I remember reading a study at the halfway point, and obviously the whole point of it was to try increase the three things: the media coverage, attendances, and participation within the game by twenty percent on each. And I remember at the halfway point they did it. They did a study, and like it was like fifty-seven percent of people. Fifty-seven percent of people were reading more about women's sports. Thirty-eight percent were attending more female events, and there was twenty-seven percent increase in. You know, girls, girls and women participating in the sport, and I think that's what Karen touched on as well with Cove Ramblers. I think we're entering the women's national league next year, mm. but like obviously that's an elite standard in Ireland for women. But like a message we want to get across from Cove Ramblers is that you know we will still have a Cork senior team in the Cork league, so they're like for a girl can come join our club at four, and there will be every level of football for her from four all the way up to adult age, no matter what her ability, no matter what her level. That, that level of football would be there for her at Cove Ramblers because like that we are a community club and we want to be inclusive of absolutely everybody. Yeah. How, how can people get involved in the event at the weekend? 
So I know, yeah, if you go to CoRambler's uh, webpage, um, there's a link is up there to register for the Eventbrite. And I think, I think Karen, I think they're going to stream it live as well. Yeah, there will be streaming it live on the night. But, you know, we want everybody to participate in it. So if they click on the link, now it's absolutely free as well, PJ, which is brilliant, you know. Great. Just click on the link. You'll then be in the room, so to speak, the virtual room with us. Now, of course, if people don't manage um, to do that, to get on the link, it will be shown live on the night itself. It's at 7pm, 7 to 8pm. Um, it's something it's something lovely to do. The family can sit down together and watch this and, and hopefully um, get the community involved in, in Ramblers as we go forward into our centenary. Great. Well, good luck with that and good luck with everything. Um the Frederick Douglass event at the weekend and indeed with the upcoming season at Cove Ramblers FC and of course Cork's 96 event proud partners of Cove Ramblers and what a mouth-watering opener to the season first division Cork City against Cove Ramblers in a local derby we haven't had one of them for a few years which which is lovely to see pity we can't have a crowd there to see it on the night, unfortunately. I remember when they were the biggest biggest games of the season. When you had a local derby between Cork City and Cove Ramblers, you couldn't get into it for love or money. 1850-715-996. Midnight Express. Oh, yes. Richie and Mallow says Midnight Express is his go-to. And the soundtrack, Giorgio Moroder, The Chase. Brilliant tune. Brilliant tune. I love all the diehard movies, says this one. And as well, Gone with the Wind. That's from Annie. Yeah, Gone with the Wind is another kind of a, a go-to for the Queen Bee. She loves that. Gone with the Wind would never get past the um, the Right Hand Brigade these days. Never. Uh, what about Vera on Virgin Media? Yeah, I've not seen it, but I hear good things. Thanks, Bear. Deirdre and Douglas, when my son was small, he always wanted to watch Homeward Bound because he knew I'd cry when chance came over the hill at the end. Castaway, says Sarah in Middleton. Grease, says Ali. Grease, yeah, Grease. Grace and Frankie, Shits Creek. That, I, I tried it. I, I don't think I'm the target market somehow. It didn't, didn't register with me at all. Independence Day. Now, there's a great movie. There's a great movie. Uh, life as we know it, to name just a few. Anita, PJ, I love watching Love Actually. No Christmas is complete without watching it at least once. I couldn't last Christmas, though. It wasn't shown on any of the channels. Uh, last year, of course, different in many ways. Goodfellas and Dirty Dancing, says Tracy. Maria is in y'all. Uh, favourite movie has to be Grease. PJ, you can't beat Gone with the Wind, my favourite movie of all time. That's from Anne-Marie. Lots of people. Vaulty Towers. Vaulty Towers, yeah. Uh, keeping up oh, keeping up appearances Patricia Routledge and Clive Swift uh, the buckets or the bouquets Frank Spencer and Robbie Kane has just tweeted this morning and we were talking about Father Ted Mary from Father Ted uh, Ryan O'Grady she passed away sad to hear that she was the neighbour in, in the snapper I think she turned up in, in an episode of Derry Girls at some st- and there's a great show Dad's Army ah yeah now come on Dad's Army brilliant who do you think you were located Mr. Hitler yeah brilliant brilliant listen we've had a lovely few memories sent in to us this morning of go to television and thank you for it 
And that's it. The programme edited by Terry Brennan, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. And we'll see you tomorrow, just after nine. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.